Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Another exciting episode of Raw, eh, Tax? <laughs> Fucking hell. What have we done? <laughs> the people who basically voted for this are to blame. I hate them. Right. Super kick pie in three, two, one. <sighs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. That was very smooth. What a wonderful smooth. Ooh, uh, so yeah, uh, we're recording a few days later because we watched England scrape through in the Euros, only to <laughs> uh, realise we're not going to record next Tuesday and we'll be a couple of days late because, oh no, we actually, it's a five o'clock kickoff, so we can come on the pod next week and rant about how terrible the England football team are. Amazing. Should we come on as the game's finishing so we can talk shit to each other again? Because that was a lot of fun last time. Oh, well, when we did commentary of Tottenham going out of Europe when they were losing mm. to, like, FC Butt Creek nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a joyous tournament, isn't it? So we're going to lose to the Germans next Tuesday. That's going to be nice, as per usual. Well, it was nice to not really be overly interested in the tournament. And, yeah. you know, they're going to let 60,000 people rock up to Wembley, have VIP rights for those coming in from amber and red-listed countries because UEFA want to let them have their tickets and, you know, normal folk can't go on holiday. Disgraceful. Yeah. However, I'm, I can't stuff. wait to be VIP and go to the uh, the final. I can't wait. <laughs> this didn't take long, but okay. <laughs> well, uh, so today... We're doing part five of our Enter the Dragon series, Daniel Bryan's run for WrestleMania 30. It's WWE Monday Night Raw, episode 1081, from the 10th of February 2014. And uh, it's, it's another exciting episode, Tax. Whoa. This run has been amazing so far, Whoa. has it not? Hold your horses. Mm. Because prior to this episode of Monday Night Raw on the 10th of February... We have to go back. I was going to ask you about SmackDown. Of course, we have to go back to SmackDown. (laughs) As the Viper, (laughs) you're going to enjoy this. As the Viper renewed a charismatic rivalry on an explosive SmackDown, Daniel Bryan faced the consequences of criticizing the authorities' director of operations, and two dominant factions tested the waters of their impending elimination chamber pay per view match. How's that for an intro? Did you write that? Yeah, of course I did. (laughs) Well done. Got an A-level in theatre studies, mate. What are you talking about? That was really good. It actually made it sound half decent. Yeah, it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, I suspect it was shit compared to this Raw, if it was anything similar, at least. But don't worry, friends. Our hero, the American dragon, Daniel Bryan, he opened SmackDown and uh, acknowledged that on Raw, as we covered it in our last episode, which you can find in our archives at worldwrestlingpodcast.com, that the authority had hinted that he might be the new face of WWE if he could beat Orton, which he did on Raw, but he's got no interest in that job. No, why would he want money, fame or fortune? He just wants an allotment and people to leave him alone. Instead, Dragon talks about Kane. Sounds really nice. (laughs) Instead, instead Dragon spoke about Kane and how he chokeslammed him at the end of the match, and he wasted no time in calling out, and I quote, that big red corporate sellout. Oh, Dragon. Kane, great scripting. Kane came out and he apologised for Dragon on behalf of the authority, claiming that he acted on his own volition. Triple H and Stephanie hadn't sent him out. And then Dragon basically told him to go and find his mask, get rid of that corporate suit. Kane said that they were never friends. 
and he just likes things just how they are. Ooh, heartbreak. And rather than accept Dragon's challenge to fight him, he puts Dragon into a match against Tony Cesaro. So we're going to get Tony Cesaro and Dragon later in the night. What a treat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Good wrestlers, both of them. Love them. Um, but yeah, rest of the show, don't worry too much about it. Uh, just to set. So basically, we're set up for. And it's not even the main event, by the way, Dragon Cesaro. We go. So we start with Dragon having his issues with Kane. We then get um, half of the Shield. Well, two thirds of the Shield, sorry. Ambrose and Reigns doing battle with Ziggler and Kofi. Great tag team. Sure. Literally four days after Sheamus beat Curtis Axel, he gets to wrestle Ryback, probably <laughs> in his 83rd retirement. Yeah. <laughs> recently retired right back. Yeah, <laughs> recently sure. retired right back. Uh, right back? <laughs> recently retired right back. <laughs> um, then we have Dragon Cesaro. Little match. Made Cesaro tap out in the yes lock. Kane then um, came in at the end and chokeslammed Dragon again. Boo! Can he do that, Joey? Rusev had a promo. Tamina and Brie Bella broke up the ring, had a fight in a ring apron. And would you believe it? Nikki Bella accidentally launched AJ into Brie. Ooh, interesting. What's happening here? Dissension. <sighs> that Face- is not followed up at all on this show. <laughs> so just, just, nope, just to clarify. Not at all. We then get Bray Wyatt against Goldust. Bray Wyatt wins. And then Randy Orton taking on Captain Charisma in the main event. And with all Captain Charisma's efforts, would you believe it? Randy Orton managed to hit a mid-air RKO. So Christian came off the middle turnbuckle, off of Brett's rope, to eat an RKO, leading us nicely into what they advertised that we went off air on SmackDown as our main event as WWE's Apex Predator will take on Big Match John Cena for the 7,423rd time in WWE history great isn't it so that's part of the um randy orton has to wrestle all the guys that are in the elimination chamber match at the elimination chamber pay-per-view which sucks to say by the way <laughs> but, um so yeah so he, he's the last week i think it was steph was like you're gonna have to wrestle all these five people on raw in individual matches but they've spread them across smackdown as we expected right yeah and in fairness you know i cool. did watch this match it was okay you know we we know that christian and orton have good chemistry because we saw it after edge retired and christian finally won the big gold belt but yeah not interested randy orton this time is a a dull no selling performer christian phoning it in but dragon's fury of turning his attention to corporate kane so here's the thing i was thinking here fight me kane fight me well Punk can't wrestle him anymore because he's walked out. So we'll put Dragon in there and we'll continue to bury our head in the sands that we need Dragon in our main event. Yeah, they obviously had a plan for Punk and Kane because of the whole Royal Rumble stuff. So it does seem like they've gone, well, what are we going to do with Dragon then? Because it seemed like maybe they would do Dragon Triple H at one point. That seemed to be the story they kind of started to tell. And it definitely seems that like Triple H is pissed off at the that not happening maybe and kind of that's the way i keep interpreting his promos and all the stuff that keeps happening on raw specifically but it does feel like they've just gone ah fuck it just have him do the cm punk stuff until we get to the wrestlemania bits yeah and it's a nice surprise and a bit of trivia for you which i'm sure you will know the answer to 
Can you guess who was ring announcer, the ring announcer for SmackDown on this episode? I forgot to mention it last week, but who is currently the ring announcer for SmackDown? Is it not Lillian Garcia? It is not Lillian Garcia. Oh, who is it? Eden. Uh, oh, that's um, Mrs. Rhodes. That is correct. Brandy. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I remember these things. <laughs> cool. Was she good? Yeah. I, 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 I don't mind Brandy's like announcing it's not too bad but obviously on commentary mm-hmm. still on smackdown we still just have cole and jbl it's one of the worst parts about these shows is the commentary teams like i'm only watching the rules i'm not watching the smackdowns oh, fuck that shit thank you very much for tolerating that for me but the combination of michael cole and bradshaw is bad enough but throwing jerry lawler in there as well it's like Whoa. it's just it's uh it's difficult to listen to them for three hours at a time and we mentioned it so far on the previous rules this episode of Raw, which we're about to cover, it just sounded like, I don't know if Vince just wasn't on headset, but it just seemed like Cole and JBL spent the entire show fucking about and not in a yeah, funny way. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's lots of the, the match, the segment or whatever they're commentating on starts and they kind of initially go, oh, look, here's this six person tag or whatever it is. Then they talk about other bollocks for five minutes <laughs> and they start to do false finishes in their matches and they go, Oh, there we go. He's doing a false finish. Oh, wasn't that match great? <laughs> it's like, guys, why? Just give us something to like three hours. I know you're bored as we're bored, but please just give us something to make us think you give a shit about what's happening in front of you. Yeah. And the genuine only highlights of this run so far has just been the crowd reaction getting bigger and bigger every single week for Dragon. Now, obviously, yeah. SmackDown, you can't gauge it because obviously it was pre-taped and not shown live um, in 2014, I think. So you've got WWE doing all their canned applause. You yawned just then, didn't you? What's that? <laughs> you yawned just then, didn't you? I'm a very tired boy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a meeting at 11 uh, p.m. last night with government relations in the U.S. for my new role. Nice. In this case of, nice. Oh, man, I'm tired. But I'm happy to talk about quality wrestling action and also Monday <laughs> Night Raw. <laughs> so it's Monday Night Raw, the 10th of February, 2014. Uh, live on USA Network, Sky Sports, but we watched it on the WWE Network from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Fuck the Lakers. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's quite a notorious place for bigger shows in the wrestling scene, I would say. It's a big venue, considering they like ran SummerSlam yeah. there for three years on the trot and made it into a, a Mania-esque venue pre-COVID. I was yeah, very Los surprised Angeles. to see It's this. obviously going to have good stuff going on, you know? Yeah, but I was surprised to see this as just a Monday Night Raw venue. Sure. It's not that big. I mean, the Lakers play there. The Kings play there, I think, as well. And they're both shit. (laughs) Sorry, I had to get that in. Present company with the professional wrestling meets uh, fits in quite well here. But I also... I don't think we mentioned much about the Raw set for the last few weeks of this LED board, but it's just dull looking. It's such a boring, boring ring like layout... And again, we have the same classic. It's just they don't give a shit about introing the show, the cold opening again this week. Oh, this drives me mad. It's like I 
was saying this to Nandy the other day and I noticed that again it was another cold open to this show. I was like, every week I sit down as sorry, every week as like, you know, a, a 13 year old, I would sit down and be like, hit the life in the jaws enjoy the be and the life and the nine and the soul to be, right? And every fucking time as a 35 year old man, I sit down and I'm like, when AEW comes on, I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. I'm so hyped. Like, it gets you in the mood sets the scene it gives you like instantly like a music theme of this is what we're going for this is the energy we want going into the show and with these it's like welcome to monday night raw here's triple h and you're like fuck (laughs) well as i wrote an intro for smacky d i thought i'd also try and write because i realized we had a cold open so along with a smackdown review i'm going to try and give us some pumped up motivational words to make us enjoy this Monday Night Raw, as I'm going to give you a brief summary of the backstory to get us into Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> Excuse me. A happy return it was not for the American Dragon, Daniel Bryan, who returned to the site of his first WWE Championship victory and loss, looking for a fight only to be denied by the same forces that took the title away from him in the first place. It wasn't, what Ra- it wasn't Randy Orton Bryan wanted, though, having dealt with him handily last week. Instead, Brian wanted a piece of Kane, who made a point of tormenting his former tag team partner over the past week, despite his capacity as WWE Director of Operations. There you go. Very good. To be more Vince, you would need a ton more adjectives. <laughs> but apart from that, really, really good. Yeah, you could do it. Like Michael Cole doesn't give us any intro on this show. But the fact that, again, this is where Dragon won the WWE title and then lost yeah. it where Orton was, well, the authority cashed in on Orton's behalf to take the strap. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, instantly I was like, oh, right, cool. I didn't actually remember that. So I was like, oh, sweet. Gives you a really interesting, you know, little thing to latch onto going into the show. Sets the scene. Gives you something to be interested about. <laughs> Not this time. So, um, <laughs> open graphic. We get a memory of Frank Bullock, just to throw that out there who uh, died in 2014. Um, he was a long-serving part of the production crew, is how it was listed everywhere. Um, I think he was a producer-manager role. So, cheers, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, then, now, forever. Still no opening video package. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so, <laughs> this show, to get you in the mood, Tax, how does it start? Well, we open up with our graphics. Then we're live from the Staples Center as Justin Roberts introduces our guest host actress betty white betty white saved my life then got in bed <laughs> with my ex-wife say betty white <laughs> i think everyone under 30 on unison goes wait who because <laughs> i mean i know who betty white is i couldn't tell you much that she's been in no, but she was very happy to be there, and the crowd gave her a very pleasant reception. A lot of these guest hosts yeah. got shit over, but the night the LA crowd were very, very respectful to Betty White and very, you know, engaging and popped for her stuff. Biggest pop, the if, second biggest pop of the night. I think if you attend a show and a older lady comes out being accompanied by the big show, just to kind of you know prop her up, and make sure she's okay. She did look a bit anxious, to be totally honest, man. I think you, you're a fucking cunt if you're going to boo her, <laughs> you know? Like, I think there's a very sympathetic appreciation here. Yeah, and she was very much... 
thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to a lovely evening. And everyone's like, hey! <laughs> so Big Show goes, so what are we going to, going to do tonight? And what does Betty say, Tax? Oh, she's thrilled to be here on Raw. And uh, she's going to kick someone's ass. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Which cues, well, it's Raw in 2014. So Hero Triple H and Steph to do some talking. Steph in the tight white dress looks amazing. <laughs> Triple H's shit-eating grin to the big show was doubly amazing. Fucking A. Uh, immediate CM Punk chance. Triple H tries to talk through it. Uh, reconsidering the face of the WWE rather than Orton, they're like, oh, is it Dragon? Is it Sheamus? Is it Cesaro? Is it Cena? So here comes Randy to recite his script for tonight. <laughs> uh, at this point, by the way, a little side note, my network viewing experience, the whole entire intro of this show is fairly similar to the early days of streaming, you know, like 144p Pixel Nation, let's go. Oh, you struggle to see the nipple. It was fucking dreadful, man. Like, I was seriously pixelated for about 10 minutes at the beginning of the show. Don't know what was going on. Definitely wasn't my internet. But, was that technically yeah. Flair's old real-world title from his feud with Savage when he joined oh, WWE? Just, just really bad yeah, pixelation and streaming for him. <laughs> so Steph is talking to Randy about his main event match tonight, but the fans continue their CM Punk chants. Uh, Randy apologizes to Steph and Hunter for being childish. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Randy tells us he'll beat John Cena tonight. Again. <laughs> Like, yeah, we know, Randy. You do it every fucking few months, it feels like. It's it's almost every few weeks at this point. Very repetitive. So as they're chatting away, the Daniel Bryan chants start. Uh, Randy pauses for dramatic effect during his little speech. And it's just immediately boring. <laughs> See ya, bug. See ya, bug. The crowd are just here to shit on them this evening, which uh, kind of sums up, I think, the storytelling for these last couple of weeks it's the crowd are just here to shit on everything because there's really not very much to latch on to no they know what they want and it's not this yeah randy tells us he's the face of the wwe which cues the hero of our story yay daniel bryan enters to a pretty humongous pop uh drangy dragon dragon grinder i can say words shut up uh dragon goes so randy you think you're the heart and soul of WWE. Seems to me you're a, to- a different body part entirely. Huh. And the it's wang. like, <laughs> yeah, he's calling him a dick, which is kind of funny. But the way it's written, it's like, it's a bit cruise ship sort of joke, you know? Yeah. You're, you're a three-legged tripod and you've only got two legs. <laughs> <laughs> But that's almost funnier. I don't know why. what it is about the phrasing of this that really got to me. I think it's the way he says you're a different body part entirely. I think it's too thought out, you know. If you'd go, so you think you're the heart and soul of WWE. Well, that's not what I see. <laughs> you know, almost just like more straight to the point. I don't know what I'm getting at here. I can't. I think the problem is terrible. as well. Imagine if this was 2021 in AEW. MJF, you're being a dick. Done. And you'd get a huge pop yeah. for it. Yeah, I think the setup's fine. I think it's the punch that is just like, just doesn't hit hard enough, you know? They chat about the director of operations, Kane's involvement last week, and the fact that Dragon beat Randy. 
uh, Dragon wants a match with Kane here tonight. But Steph tells us Kane was a naughty boy, so isn't here. He's on leave. Oh, what a shame. I wonder, Dragon- I mean, I understand from knowing a few people at WWE Corporate that you cannot take time off with that shorter notice. You've got to get approved <laughs> by HR. It is a nightmare to get time off. So that's so why they fire all their office podcast. staff. <laughs> Uh, Dragon gives us a bit of a history of lesson, talks about Randy kissing Steph once and all that sort of stuff in the feud. Uh, oh, that, that was it, yeah. Dragon, Dragon mentions, like, I remember when uh, you handcuffed Triple H to the ropes and kissed Stephanie, and Triple H did his fake, mm. oh, my blood boils. Yeah. I wasn't exactly convinced. Neither was I. Mm. <laughs> as a, as opposed H- to Stephanie, who turned around and was like, oh, I remember. Mm. <laughs> A few people have kissed Stephanie over the years. Thinking about it, Kurt Angle did once, didn't he? I have kissed her face on many a magazine. <laughs> oh, delightful! I know uh, Vince wanted to at one point, but I don't think they ever allowed it. Did they? <laughs> well, didn't they have the plan that like either Stephanie's first child was going to either be Vince or Shane's? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I think that was a real thing. Ah, yeah. uh, who knows? Uh, Triple H tells us Dragon will face no one. To which the crowd are like, oh. That's like the one reason we paid for tickets. <laughs> Giving them what they want. Building yeah. up the anticipation. This is foreplay in professional wrestling. The fans want it, and I'm going to tantalize them by showing you a bit of side boob before I do the big reveal after encryption. Yeah, there's plenty of side boob we want to show this evening. <laughs> well, uh, we'll Triple get to H- the trio's match later. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H is telling Dragon to take the night off, to which Dragon leads the crowd in a no chant. And that's your opening segment. <laughs> I'm not going to have a time off. Well, I'm afraid I've spoken now. <laughs> Play my music. Yeah. Um. So they've set up Dragon and Kane, and they've set up the fact that Randy Orton is a bit of a pussy and that Kane was a naughty boy. And we've um, got the big match, John, in the main <laughs> event. Do they mention it? I don't think they mention it. Uh, they they only do it afterwards because it's like still to come. Mark Henry's back, and then we've got Cena Orton in the main event. But up next, commercial. yeah, it, it's not in this opening segment. They don't mention the fact that Orton is going to be wrestling Cena tonight, do they? No, they just have it in a little picture yeah. afterwards. That doesn't count. You can't tell a story with graphic stacks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for your job? <laughs> Fair point. Uh, Mark, <laughs> I don't tell stories. Uh, Mark Henry returns tonight. Yep, de do. Ad for the Chamber pay per view. It's it's a very good advert. I'll say that for the, the graphics team is fucking incredible. No, no arguments here. Uh, this is what we've said pretty much every you know ad nauseum about WWE. If it was literally down to not having to watch Raw or SmackDown, and you watch a hype video for a match at a pay per view, you'd go take my money. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's genuinely impressive. Like, you know, they have the best in-ring guys in the world. Like, some of the very best, at least, in the, the very least you can say. It's, um, I know that you're aware how fucking furious I've been with WWE this week. <laughs> I love the people um, calling you out on Twitter when you said, I'm done yeah. with Twitter. Oh, I like everyone cares. You've all cared enough to comment about it, you fucking morons. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. I enjoyed bitch slapping people. And then I had the, the, um, the mental capacity to be like, okay, this is bad. I said I wasn't going to constantly just tweet negative stuff about WWE, so I deleted all my posts. 
because you know i thought that was the sensible thing to do in this this strange world we live in the number but, of um, tweets i've been trying and just been sensible not posted about ott mm. this week have been i get it yeah. <laughs> some have been fucking comedic genius some have been scathing so i mean i think that's why i started writing these nice intros for raw and smackdown because like chapter and verse about ott being <laughs> i'm not even going to go into it let's move on after the commercial break <laughs> so we come back from commercial break did you know john cena is now the most liked u.s athlete on facebook Ooh, with more followers than lebron james tony hawk kevin durant tiger woods and kobe bryant okay so who's this, the most popular one on tout well interesting so i, I started to do some research <laughs> in 2021 okay john cena has 54 million okay on facebook still lebron james has 25 million that's almost half right tony hawk doesn't have a facebook page never has apparently so <laughs> that's a really good one kevin durant is 11 million which is fucking nothing tiger woods the biggest golfer in the world is 3.1 million compared to john cena's 54 right and kobe bryant uh, rest in peace and all that but 21 million so less than lebron and i was like fuck okay i wonder if people i know know who these people are <laughs> how famous they actually are and i started thinking well, let's get like, you know, a bit of a litmus test going. Let's ask loads of people from different generations and stuff. Do you want to hear their responses? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> okay. So we'll do John Cena last in every one of these, okay? So my lovely wife now. Hello, wife. <laughs> said. Uh, let's go. LeBron James. Don't know. Fighter? Question mark. Uh, Tony Hawk. Skateboarder. Obviously. Very well done. Oh, do you know who these people are, Tax? Yes. Okay. Just, just. I, I don't watch films. I understand sports. <laughs> Kevin Durant. I know this name, but I'm not sure. Football? Question <laughs> mark. Tiger Woods. Golf. Got that one. How did you get the golf one? Yeah. How did you get the golf one? By the way. Because it's of my generation. That's a weird answer for golf. Oh, you're talking about the Tiger Woods game that your sister used to play. That's yeah, he was he had his own golfing yeah. game on EA Sports. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Kobe Bryant, again, know this name, basketball question mark. So well done. Pretty much across the board got him, apart from, you know, Kevin Durant, which as a Brit, I'm expecting you probably wouldn't know who Kevin Durant is. Uh, just so you know, Nandy, Kevin, Kevin Durant is a basketball player. Not to be confused with Gordon Durant, who used to play for Rangers FC. <laughs> That's true. So... We asked our nieces. How old are the nieces? 12 and 10. Okay. <laughs> so, oh yeah, she knew who John Cena was, obviously my missus, because, you know, she's my missus. So, LeBron James, basketball, not sure. <laughs> Tony Hawk, I know the name. Kevin Durant, nope. <laughs> Tiger Woods, no. Kobe Bryant, no. Basketball, John Cena, wrestler, not sure. So, one of them knew who John Cena was, and none of these other people are fucking famous, apparently. <laughs> which I find very interesting. I mean, but that's the thing, though. Uh, these are outside of Big Match John, who has a, has appeared in global films and on billboards. You, you don't really get 
the US basketball players having it's much very coverage in the yeah. UK, do you? So I've got two more here. Uh, my mum, who's <laughs> 70, uh, John Cena is a Formula One driver. <laughs> That's Bob Spark Plug Holly. <laughs> LeBron James is a basketball player. I've never been prouder in my life nice. that she knew that was a basketball player. She knew that Tony Hawk was a skateboarder. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> let's go, mum. Uh, Kevin Durant is apparently a wrestler. Didn't do so well there. Tiger Woods, golf, obviously she would know that because, you know, tabloids and shit. Kobe Bryant is apparently an American football player, but, you know, it's pretty close. Uh, but I've got to be honest, my six-year-old nephew may have stolen the show on these. <laughs> <laughs> yes. LeBron James. Don't know who that is. Cool person name. Big, tall, lots of muscles. <laughs> <laughs> True. Tony Hawk. Good name. Actually an epic name. Nice, nice. Uh, thinks he plays football for a job. Hmm. Kevin Durant. That's granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best response ever. Uh, Tiger Woods. Don't know who that person is. Super epic name. Dab, dab, dab. <laughs> Literally did a dab. Uh, does sports for a job. Then, then my little nephew did the action of playing tennis. So there you go. Uh, Kobe Bryant. A Kobe goes to my school. <laughs> but not the same Kobe. <laughs> Excellent point of clarification. I respect oh, that. That's so funny. Uh, Kobe Bryant does a school job. Did the action of playing hockey. And like Kobe Bryant is a PE teacher. So there we go. So um, <laughs> I can John imagine Cena. like RJ Singh, Will Power and Kobe Bryant in the staff room at the local education facility <laughs> they work at going, so what are we going to do at lunch, chaps? <laughs> Play sports? Oh, that's great, man. So um, the John Cena answer is the one that I was really interested in to see how famous yeah, he really was. So my six-year-old nephew said, John Cena, hmm, wrestler? And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> right, he is famous. But he's never seen him on TV. So there we go. Hmm. And John Cena also acknowledges the country of Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. But, um, the point being that, you know, they're boasting that John Cena is more famous than all these other people. And uh, from my research of British people in my family, uh, they are very correct. He is very, very fucking famous, apparently. I wonder how you'd get on if you looked at how many followers they've got on Weibo in China. <laughs> Bet John Cena's popular. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I seem like the anyway. band with Big Match John just before we were on it. Oh, you've gone away, Rock. You've sold out. You've gone and done films. You're doing stuff with Vin Diesel. John, what's your next film? Fast 9 with Vin Diesel. Because <laughs> the Rock's <laughs> too busy to film it now. His fee's too high for this shit. Yeah, fucking it. That movie does look really good, though. I'm going to be honest. I'm not I, a Fast and Furious fan, but that movie looks I love great. those films because it's just, I can go and watch a movie and not actually have to care and flow the plot line. I'm going to see fast cars. I'm going to see scantily clad women. I'm going to see explosions. And the chick who was in Hollyoaks, who has made it into Hollywood mm. for no reason whatsoever. And then someone goes, oh, look, they've got the, uh, was it the thingy eye? And it's like, this is becoming ridiculous. Ronda Rousey in a previous one speeding a sports car out of a tower in dubai this is the shit i want and then i'm granted the wyatt family against the roads and mysterios 
So yeah, six-man tag team match of Cody Rhodes, Goldust, and Rey Mysterio versus the White family of Bray, Eric, and Luke Harper. Okay, Brody, uh, rest in peace. Uh, Ray in Lakers colors, boo with the stage pyro looks pretty awesome. I quite like it. Booyaka, booyaka, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, strange time for Rey Mysterio. I think people care about it more than they did back then and before, obviously. It's just in this kind of weird abyss of you are here and you exist and we like you, but we don't have much reason for you to be anywhere, Ray. Other than it's you very sell strange. merch. Yeah, merch, Ray. And if we go down to, you know, Spanish-speaking areas, you're very useful for a promo. Yeah, sure. I think he did the best thing he could have done, taking a break away from WWE for a while, so that when he came back, you know, he was wanted as such a bit more. <laughs> it sounds harsh, but I think it's factual. And also, you know, I'll always, I'll always have respect for Mysterio for taking away Chavo's push and taking the belt. So well done, Ray. Fucking a. Uh, so Ray touches all the little kids in the crowd. <laughs> Wait a minute, Lawler. Factual. Uh, Wyatt's entrance is just the coolest. The crowd absolutely love it. Really, really into it. Uh, commentary are putting over the Shields versus the Wyatts at the Chamber, uh, which obviously we've actually a story we've kind of been building over the past few weeks. Maybe the only story we've really been building over the past few weeks. The only match That's that good, matters. The only match yeah. that matters strange isn't it um because they're both heel factions oh but you know we're turning the shield we're hmm. turning the shield yeah, we're getting kinda. roman getting the cheers but okay we'll get to it later but they are ambrose is... oh i don't want to spoil it okay <laughs> so commentary putting over the shield versus the whites of the chamber brody just takes all the shine for the faces he's the only guy that can sell on their team he's doing a really good job of it uh, Wyatt's doing a great job of getting their characters over, I thought, in this match. This kind of loose cannon, wild men sort of stuff. I thought it was really fun. I like this stage of the Wyatt's was, was good fun. They had the entrance. Yeah. They had an overexposed Bray's promos. Having Brody in there was excellent. They were giving Rowan enough to look dominating, but not enough to expose him. Yeah, the bit where Brody gets in the ring, slaps Rowan, and then uses him to fling him in, Irish whip him into the corner to hit the guy. Like that kind of like, oh, you will pay attention, wild man. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's fun stuff. Works really well. I wonder if that was uh, pre-rehearsed backstage when he went, okay, Rowan, what I'm going to do is I'm going to smash you across the face, then Irish whip you into the turnbuckle. This kind of emphasizes how brutal this kind of family of brothers are, you know? I, I enjoyed it. I mean, as I said, the... It's a shame it was a throwaway trio because we'd already seen and they showed highlights of it of Gold Dust versus Bray as well. So, yeah. Hmm. Good tag good warm up match. Yeah, sure. Hot tag to Ray. Brody bumping like a boss for everyone by the end of this match. A really cool finish of 619 spots and the Rhodes lads diving to the outside. Ray attempts a second 619 to Brody, but Bray gets the blind tag. Sister Abigail to Ray. I love the way he caught Ray as he was running in for the 619. That really, really fun. Looked nasty as well. Really well executed. Yeah. Safe and nasty. Yeah, super simple, super to the point, but a nice surprise, you know. Give me that all day in pro wrestling. For the one, two, three. Love the finish. Match was okay. Like the Wyatt's characters. Winners of the Wyatt's. Can't, can't argue with that at all. Great TV. Nope. And it's got the Rhodes boys away from our young upstart tag champs for the new age outlaws 
Yeah. They feature later. Um, <laughs> the lights dim, and Bray heads to his rocking chair in the aisleway to cut a quick promo on the shield. It's uh, it's a bit nothingy, but it's it's uh, they're still telling the story, so I can't complain. Side note: rocking chairs, really comfortable. Oh yeah. So um, did you notice who was sitting behind commentary at this point? I didn't. Uh, UFC Hall of Famer Stefan Bonner is sitting directly behind JBL. You know, these comp tickets, did he think he was going somewhere better? <laughs> uh, you just broke up a bit then. Say that again. I was just going to say, you know, did he think he was go? Did he know what he was going to? Did he think it was something better? Has he still not recovered from him and Boris Griffin from the end of Tough One? Well, uh, let me get to that point later on because something quite funny happens. So uh, Roman Reigns... Eliminating everyone from the Royal Rumble highlight package here. Uh, th- this, this package focuses on the dissension between the Shield. Roman eliminating Ambrose and Rollins after Ambrose tried to eliminate Roman earlier in the match in the Rumble. Uh, Roman calls Renee baby girl <laughs> backstage in a promo. It's like, it's a bit creepy. <laughs> Give Divas a chance, Roman. <laughs> yeah, be a star, you know. Or a baby girl. Like, what? <laughs> All right, Jerry Lula, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> At that stage, that's when Ambrose realized, no, he's taken my main event push. He's not going to take the interviewer. I'm having her. I mean, he is standing right there. Imagine someone comes up to your missus and is like, or our baby girl. <laughs> I'd be, be, like, a, I'd be elated. Let her go. <laughs> Oh, you don't mean that. Uh, Renee mentions Ambrose hasn't defended his US Championship belt in quite some time. And I'm like, mate, this belt's never defended. What are you complaining about? Like, in the words of Vince McMahon, no one cares about the US Championship. (laughs) And we saw it on Raw this week, where Shane was like, don't forget, I'm the US Champion. And I I sat and went, even after last week's podcast, going, oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, apparently so. Like, these mid-card belts, man, they do nothing with them. It's because they've got too many fucking belts, obviously. But in 2014, like, I don't think... I did I had no fucking clue Ambrose was the US champion. I hadn't even realised. <laughs> also, have you got a wonderful um, a shield entrance? Or are you going to save that for when they're actually wrestling? Oh, I've got one. Don't worry. You're good. I'll save it for later. <laughs> it's quite a special one. <laughs> uh, Betty White backstage with... <clears throat> divas yes still calling them divas <sighs> in 2014 uh they talk about betty white's new prank show mm. <laughs> youtube culture making its way to betty white on tv yeah it's fucking marvelous here are the old age outlaws to protect betty white from having pranks played on her because TV scripting, am I right? Yeah, these women who are being respectful for our lovely guest Hope, these ladies are going to play pranks on you. The Bellas, Cameron, Nat- Natalia, Eva Marie, they're all going to uh, to play tricks on them. And then Vicky Guerrero as well, for good measure. But the outlaws have heard that someone's going to try and prank them. But they're here to protect her. And they take her away for a lovely cup of tea. What a segment, Tax. I am enthralled in this storyline. I mean, all I see here is the outlaws. And here's here's the funny thing, right? Here's what they're getting. Don't know if you've got it from the script. Just going to write it because it's such elegant writing that some people may have not got it. Betty White's doing uh, like a prank show, right? 
and the outlaws are taking Betty White away, right? Get it? Get it? And they're going to prank her? <laughs> it's so funny. Because one of them's fire, one of them's ice. <laughs> There's Get still it? eight matches and over a hundred minutes of this fucking show still to go. I think now would be the appropriate time to promote our merch. Do you want to support the pod? Do you want to wear some really cool merch? Search World of Wrestling Podcast on Amazon and buy one of our awesome t-shirts or a wonderful hoodie for the summer. Yeah, you should. Great. So next up is Fandingo with Summer Rae versus <laughs> Santino Morella. Why is this feud ending is... now? Why are they giving these guys mm. a one-on-one match now? This is pay-per-view quality. So Santino is also joined by Emma, who um got a good line here. See, see, I realise that as I'm watching these 2014 Raws, is that they're not good, right? They're really not good, but they're not so bad that they're funny. <laughs> they're just. <laughs> really fucking tedious so i'm not writing things about the show that are funny i find myself trying to make shit up that's funny just so the podcast is like the slightest bit entertaining like you writing your introductions do you know what i mean like we're not reporting and going ah i'm not a man i'm a shark or whatever (laughs) you know it's so this is my line that came up with this pile of bollocks (laughs) right emma comes out doing her Zeke Heil dance to Santino's very Italian music, you could call her Mussolini. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, oh, it's better than anything on this fucking Raw. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. That's oh, funny. Dear. Shut up. That's been ages thinking about that. <laughs> so, these lads... Do some <clears throat> comedy wrestling spots. I like both these people. This is... <sighs> As they're in the ring, the camera follows the Miz, who <laughs> walks out to ringside, puts a headset on at commentary, and buries both these very talented wrestlers in the ring. Uh, he leaves. Thank God. Never noticed before, but Santino has a whole bunch of shittoos. He does. Lots of shittoos. Mm. Uh, quick sidebar again for an interesting factoid you mentioned the miz do you ever delve into watching xavier woods up up down down youtube stuff uh, not very much recently but i used to when they used to do the back stuff backstage and the tournaments and stuff i like gaming so yeah so i enjoy occasionally dipping in and obviously they're going through gm mode on uh, raw versus smackdown at the moment which i very much enjoyed as a football manager fan having like a gm mode game in anything is is good fun for me well, but they brews. had like the street fighter mortal combat like select boxes for all the people who appear on the show at the bottom on their screen grabs and i tell you what having the miz next to people like adam cole dakota <laughs> kai mir yim it's like who's who's let lawler in <laughs> He's looking really yeah. old in comparison to all these young pups. And it just makes you realize how long The Miz has been in this company for. It's incredible. Yeah. People go on about him being this great heel. And I'm like, is he? I, I just, I've never really seen it. Uh, you know, we've seen what happens when you get pushed to a main event or something. Either it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of cheap heat and then you get bored after a while. Or it's, uh, you know bad matches and you kind of get bored after a while i don't really get it i never really have to be honest all i can hope is he's the responsible one for john morrison's shitty haircut at mania 
And then, <laughs> I mean, I know he's out <laughs> injured. That made me laugh. But ha- has Morrison been back since he got eaten by zombies? Uh, yeah, yeah. He wrestled this week with, um, uh, I think he tagged with Ricochet. Were they wrestling each other? I don't remember. Uh, I don't watch it. I just in the reviews. Fucking no storyline progression. Ray and Ali Black were thrown off the top of a building. Ray was blinded. Morrison was eaten by mm. zombies, and they're just back on TV the next week. This is worse than when Vince, oh, yeah. Vince McMahon's limo blew up. Mm. Although at least that had a reason for why he had to come back mm. on TV. Yeah, maybe not the greatest example there, Tax. But, you know. well, no, the, the, the reason I mentioned that, I think like we mentioned in the previous podcast, is the massive dip in stock on the New York Stock Exchange the next morning that some morons genuinely thought that Vince had died. Oh. Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, I hate wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I love wrestling. I just hate WWE's awful booking. Fandango's Fandango's leg drop is a thing of beauty, but I hate leg drops okay. at the top because I just think your coccyx is going to get destroyed. You sure you want to do the finish and not hear my rant about Nikki Cross and Ricochet and superhero characters? No, because as noted okay. online, it's because Vince McMahon's killing Nikki Cross. She's, oh no, she's ruined. Nikki Cross comes out and says, this character was my idea and push for it. The internet online community. Nikki Cross mm. is brilliant. This is such a great gimmick. They're giving it mm. creative freedom. <laughs> don't know about that, thanks. I mean, you don't know about that. If I went to Ollie Davis, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shit all over myself and upload it to the WrestleTalk channel. It's still Ollie Davis's responsibility to say, no, we're not putting that on TV. I mean, superhero characters. Just because she came Hurricane, up with Molly doesn't Holly. mean it's good. <laughs> I, I, I don't get no. I, I have no. I want to clarify. I have no problem with superhero characters whatsoever. The problem is that Nikki Cross was fucking awesome coming up as a sanity character. And then they went, Nah, we won't put her on TV. We'll be bringing the crew up. That's fine. I'll give it a few months. Oh, let's bring Nikki Cross up. We need her. <laughs> so they bring her up, and she does. Fucking amazingly. She does fucking amazingly in NXT. She's awesome. Has the best matches, the best character. Something unique. She's legitimate. Fucking A. And then within a year or two, he's like, hey, I'm Alexa Bliss's coffee bitch on this talk show. And you're like, okay, that's not great. And then they do a whole fucking storyline where they're like, oh, creepy, creepy. And creepy friend that isn't allowed to be the creepy friend anymore. And Alexa Bliss is a heel and she's creepy and we're going to turn her against this person. And then they do a whole thing where they ignore her for months on end. And then she does this other gimmick. And then they're like, oh, she's a superhero. Good stuff. Like, I just... I just want to clarify. Bad it's, it's not a good character. It, my, my thing yeah. was like wrestling fans who were shitting all over it and then instantly turned around when they found out it was Nikki Cross's idea to go, Nikki Cross is so creative. It's such a good idea. And yeah, I agree with you. This is not a good idea. If she, if she's going to be used in a hurricane and Mo- mighty Molly role, where it's literally just a case of we're just going to let these guys be comedy, but with Brian Gewertz actually writing things that might occasionally be humorous, then let them have it. But last time I checked, Brian Gewertz is working for The Rock and has no interest in wasting his time and creative talents on professional wrestling. Sure. I didn't see anyone saying the Nicky Cross gimmick was good. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> eh, is what it is. Um, yeah, Fandingo does a leg drop, didn't he? That must hurt your hips. Yeah, it's, I mean, it looks amazing. Great leg drop, but just so dangerous. And 
like the impact if you get that wrong in a sort of a second ago into the coccyx or into the thigh depending on which way you land it you know ouchie wouldn't do that in a brit rest ring <laughs> say that again sorry mate you just broke up for me i was saying i wouldn't do that in a brit rest ring that leg drop fuck that oh dude ow fuck yeah <laughs> so uh fandingo wins good stuff uh brandon saxon is now backstage with seamus uh seamus reads out his lines god it's awful not good tag team mashup next fuck this show <laughs> christian and seamus because you know they're they're in the chamber match together so they're gonna tag i guess is the reasoning let's go with it versus the real americans of antonio cesaro and jack swagger with casual racist recep Coulter. so no entrance for christian but he does get a pre-tape promo so you know peaks and troughs it's it's fucking awful he talks about being the face of the company that is the one overarching narrative of this show at least is that you know all these people are like i could be the face of wwe no i could be the face of the wwe at least that's something i guess i was the first one to want to be the face of wwe yeah so the second this like pre-tape promo ends did you catch what jbl was saying no i I think to be honest at this stage i've probably switched off a little bit jbl is just like "Ah, christian the face of the wwe rubbish (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) just instantly buries him week after week i'm like what why is he in the main event if our commentator is just gonna bury him endlessly it's not like silly heel heat where he's mocking something he's done or he's just going like can you imagine can you actually imagine christian is the face of wwe like <laughs> that guy <laughs> just like fucking hell man ah it's, it's uh it's not great man from, from the uh from the office of vince mcmahon these comments have come from it does feel like it so um no racist slogan posters this week which is a bit of a shame because uh, that was one of the funny things we actually had to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, when they, they leave got things rid behind. of that. <laughs> yeah, when they leave things behind like that, we're stuffed. Yeah, so Seb cuts a little promo about this Irishman and this Canadian sneaking across the borders. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> so Irish and Canadians, no. But Swiss, yeah, no problem. Yeah, let's not let reality get in the way. <laughs> Seamus, how dare you swim over that fake Northern Irish Sea border because of Brexit? I know it's the other side, but yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah, sure. Is that a new uh, turn of phrase? Don't let reality get in the way of a good joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the truth. <laughs> oh, this, hell. this match was an awful lot of nothing, wasn't it? It went on for quite a while mm. and nothing really happened. A couple of kill switch blocks. and Why? I mean, I can only imagine, as you said, yeah, they're in the chamber. Well done. Let's showcase them. Well done. It's 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 odd in that um, there's a bit where Cesaro at the beginning of match tries to cut like a little heel promo, and the crowd cheer him because he's awesome. Not a cutting a promo, but he's a really good wrestler, you know. And it's this is this square pegs round hole situation that WWE are notoriously guilty of, where they're just like you will be a bad guy, <laughs> and it's like the crowd love him. Like, Vince is the biggest stubborn idiot in existence, even in 2014, man. They're going to have a real rude awakening when they get out that Thunderdome, aren't they? Huge Yeah, I think so, man. 
I wonder what the crowds are actually going to be like when they're allowed to have full stadiums. Whether people full still of want COVID. to see this stuff. Well, that as well, yeah. But in terms of attendance, will people want to buy tickets to these shows? I, I mean, Summer, genuinely interested. SummerSlam is almost sold out already. I think it's the um the nostalgia pop of oh we can actually go to a show. I'm talking about like you know six eight. 12 months down the line like what's raw or smackdown gonna look like you know, it's gonna be shit capacity. but this is a thing mm. now right now when they're getting fans back into like decent capacity stadiums and, and, and venues they need to have this stack so i know obviously various sites have been reporting like vince is saving all the good stuff for when the fans are back well you better have <laughs> a flipping boatload of it to get me interested Why in would this you product put- again yeah, why would you put good stuff on TV when you've got their focus? Because they've got nothing else to do for the past <laughs> 16 months or whatever. Well, yeah, the, oh, the TV money's madness. guaranteed. So let's get, we need to get good stuff to get gate money because that's, they've got to go back touring. You know, I, for example, like the acclaimed, when we go back to touring and having cl- uh, crowds in AEW, they're going to go, they're going to explode because people are Fuck really yeah. looking forward to seeing max casters freestyles which some are really good some are a bit no miss the miss the mark a bit but i enjoy it but that's the sort of thing that that crowd interaction is going to be good but when you've got like keith lee can't wrestle because he's fighting a trademark and (laughs) i don't know what's going on there that's a really weird situation like there's cryptic tweets of keith lee as well i wonder whether there's something up there but i don't really know it's just Like you hey. say with AEW, people think about Jungle Boy's entrance. Think about John Moxley's entrance. Even though that small crowd for Double or Nothing, it was so much fun. Like they make wrestling really fucking fun. Like I can't see anything in WWE being fun right now. Even the Roman stuff is very well told and it's very serious though. It's not. Hey, you can come have a fun time at this show that you can pay us twenty dollars to come see or whatever. Well, this is the thing that we said when we started this podcast, didn't we? We we both said like if there's ever a WWE pay per view over here, we would pay good money to go and watch it. It was one of the big four. At the moment, I would not spe- I would not go. I would not waste my money going to a WWE event. I would rather save my money and get decent tickets for an AEW house show than I would yeah. to go to a WWE pay per view in the UK. Yeah, me too. So, um, I guess in this match, the one positive here is Cesaro and Sheamus having a bloody lovely time stiffing the fuck out of each other. Yeah, but people doing that to Paige backstage anyway. Stop dropping Paige. Brooke Hogan is right there. <laughs> it's not Paige's fault that that happened to her. Brooke Hogan's a tramp. <laughs> like, let's... Sorry, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there because I find Brooke Hogan really funny to mock, you know what I mean? And people take Paige's shit so seriously. I'm like, can we get away with this all the time? Yeah, why not? <laughs> eh, whatever. Um, I like Christian. I know you're not a massive fan of this time, at least from the perspective of the last couple of matches we talked about with him. But um, I like his kind of smooth athletic style. I think he sells well. I wish he wouldn't do all this cheerleading bollocks, you know what I mean? But Brett Breast 101. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to. You're, I think he's good enough not to, but I don't think you're a fan, really, are you? No. I mean, I liked mm. him when he was Edge and Christian. I liked him when he turned heel and was like had the amazing like gospely entrance. That was excellent. That was peak Christian fandom. And I didn't mind him in TNA when it was Christian Cage, but I think the problem is, as I find with a lot of the wrestlers now, 
it's the same shtick that I've been seeing for 20 years and I'm just a bit sure. bored of it now. It's like the same thing of Christian in AEW. Outwork everyone, but you actually can't outwork everyone. There's no denying, as you said, like his athleticism is on point and he's so smooth in the ring. So from uh, getting someone in to, to teach the younger, the younger generations how to work like that, brilliant. But keep him away from any featured top-level feud in AEW because I just don't have the interest in him, really. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think his, his promo can be good enough to be able to be in those sorts of pictures, but I can understand how you know, he's a bit vanilla. I get it. Um, for me in this match, Cesaro is just the best. I love him so much. I don't think he's a very good heel here, but he's shoving his face in the camera. He's doing giant swing to Christian. He's stiffing Sheamus working his gimmick, not overselling because he's a big, tough guy, but selling enough that he puts the moves over. It's He's just really, really fucking good at pro wrestling, man. The best. One of the best. We yeah. we waxed lyrical about someone it, when we heard his contract might be up going, give me the Kings of Wrestling versus FTR. Yeah, God, that would be good. Him and Hero against FTR. Think of the story in the match alone. Oh, so much going on. Uh, rush to the finish through a bunch of fun spots. Sheamus with the bro kick to Swagger for the one, two, three. Oh yeah, Swagger's also here, by the way. Not very good in 2014. He's quite good now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I love an MMA cage. I love an MMA fight on a on a weekly wrestling show better than anyone. Okay. So Let's quickly fun. talk about it. So, like, it started out. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know about this. You're just doing bad MMA and it looks real sloppy and a bit shit and it makes the matches look like, well, why wouldn't you do every wrestling match like this in terms of like, you know, to a casual or something? For me, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It's kind of funny. But the moment they did the Rana in the cage, I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Because it broke that barrier of like, look, this isn't an MMA fight. This is silly pro wrestling fun, which I'm absolutely fine with. As long as we all know it's theater, and we're along for the ride with them, then great. Like, do be a silly, ridiculous, tell whatever story you want. When you're trying to make me go, oh, no, no, this is a serious MMA fight, like a cage fight, I'm like, nah, not for me. I still prefer the Lions then. Yeah, I guess. But that <laughs> because was, again, it was so was... shit. <laughs> yeah, doing Rana's off of that cage was a bit weird. Yeah. I thought they did all right with what they were given. But uh, and I like the fact it was used to get MJF and Sammy Guevara over again. AEW actually making young stars, you know. <laughs> yeah, it served a purpose for a storyline and something different, and again kept Swagger and Wardlow apart from having this big hoss one on one in an actual wrestling yeah. match. Sure. Um, so coming back to uh, Raw in 2014, unfortunately, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> casual close up of um, sorry. A close-up of casual racist Seb Coulter giving Swagger the stink eye because Swagger took the pinfall again here, losing for his team. Um, so they're obviously telling somewhat of a story here. Don't know whether they're going to pull the trigger or not. But the plan seems to be that we're going to turn Cesaro on Swagger. So Cesaro is going to be with Seb, Salt- Seb Coulter. So making not very over Jack Swagger the face... And very over Cesaro as the racist heel? Is that the plan? Yeah. I mean, isn't this the same thing as when we turned Swagger face before? Because wasn't it Swagger and Bertie at some point at a pay-per-view uh, oh, before God. this or a Mania match? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that 
was it during Swagger's title run that he turned face? I know Swagger was a champion. I couldn't tell you a single fucking thing about that title run. Though. He had a feud with the Big Show when they had like a sports theme in the ring, like a coronation with all of Swagger's sporting achievements when he was feuding with Big Show, but that's about it. What year was that even? No idea. Wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> I, I know it was a Money in the Bank cash-in, is how Swagger won it, and I think it was when he was doing his little gut-wrench powerbomb. Hmm. I remember the gut wrench power bomb. That was a thing. Um, so <laughs> I don't remember any of the other bits you mentioned, like at all. I was definitely watching during that time, but hmm, whatever. Uh, Renee backstage with John Cena. Promo. This is um, John Cena says the fans like Daniel Bryan. He's not wrong. He says his match with Randy Orton tonight is the most important match of their timeline. He is very wrong. <laughs> He's one 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 all. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cena is literally saying this is the end of their timeline tonight. He's in the fucking chamber match where Randy Orton's defending the belt. What's he talking about, Tax? Oh, dear. This was poorly scripted, wasn't it? We have wrestled many times, and this is the most important of our journey for the last 10 years together, back from OVW, where we get to our another main event of the two of us. Don't don't look back at Night of Champions. Don't look back at TLC. Don't look back at the Rumble where we fought each other for the last three months. This is the end of our timeline because, mm. oh, in fairness, though, let's be honest, it's going to be the end of our timeline because Big Match John's got to have something else to do at Mania. Two weeks! He's in the main event of a pay-per-view with Randy Orton. But will he make it there, Rich? God. <laughs> so Batista promo video of him doing his folly over powerbomb. Um... Oh, yeah. This was captured from, like, 2006 YouTube. It was a really weird promo. Oh, this was, like, again, to try and highlight stuff on their, their YouTube channel where they're like, here's the top 10 Batista power bombs, where Batista is the only person to take their own fucking back bump off a power bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks terrible, doesn't it? Um, yeah, they're obsessed with promoting, promoting their social media, but in very strange ways, 2014. I guess it's... um. These companies learning how to promote these things and what work and what doesn't. Definitely. WWE, I mean, you saw this over the next like five, six years in WWE, how they actually started understanding and utilizing social media. You know, this was a time still in 2014 where if fans were posting videos or clips of shows up on YouTube, people would go around and have them removed for violations. Whereas a lot of the time now, they embrace having this fan footage out there because it just helps their reach. Yeah, kinda. It's, it's DMCA and copyright is a very weird issue at the moment, but yeah, it's what it is. Like we're whitelisted because you know we promote WWE essentially with a lot of stuff we do. Um, but I know a lot of people aren't, especially with AEW. AEW seems to have a lot of bots that go around taking footage down. Which is wait, wait strange, a minute, man. are you trying to say this is nothing to do with the AEW botches Twitter account? <laughs> no, definitely not. Because if they if they need something for a botchy account, get ready for the ladies trios match later. Fucking yeah, sure. hell. But AEW are the only company that botch, right? You know. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, some of the stuff they show, <laughs> some of these wrestlers on Dark and Dark Elevation are flipping dangerous. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, Dolph Ziggler versus Bertie fucking... She fell onto my fist, I promise, Mr. Officer. River, Wankstein, twat. Um, I don't want to comment on his twatty matches. Uh, Ziggler's ring gear has been reduced to his trunks and a peach-coloured vest. He's here to show the world. He's here to show the world. Come on, bring it on. So commentary put over that Batista is going to fuck up Bertie. River cunt 
Barry Ziggler. Bertie wins. Um, Post match, Bertie does a cross arm breaker to already beaten Ziggler. You're like, okay, do that, Joey. Fair enough. Yeah. Which brings out Batista to kick the shit out of Bertie and deliver power bomb through the announce desk. I mean, I'm not going to complain about Big Dave burying this fuck. I'm fine with this. More power to you, Big Dave. Yeah. So, the main hey, thing the I network's got from this coming. Match... The network's coming, Rich. Oh, it is, yeah. But the, uh, the main thing I got from this match is, uh, it, I think it's now official in this timeline tax that Ziggler is not over at all. <laughs> they didn't pull the trigger, did they? I mean, they did pull the trigger. You got a concussion and Vince did his usual. No. Concussions aren't real. You're a pussy, Ziggler. You're a pussy. No more push for you. Because this is the time where Ziggler was very much the flippity floppity sell everything Shawn Michaels style. And yeah. after his title win, because like that pop, that roar after Mania when Ziggler won the belt, that was huge. That was like a coming out party that this guy should have been. A, it made him look like a massive star when he came out and cashed in. And then it just it just fell off a cliff. It wasn't even like a slow, gradual reduction in fan support. It's a case of, he's won the belt. He's got a concussion. He's dropped the belt. <laughs> Done. Nothing. Yeah, it's definitely not over in 2014. It's uh, moments where I was thinking, all the crowds seem to be getting behind him. It seems like, you know, they care. And then booked in a match opposite The Miz in their battle of whatever fucking town they're from. Battle then- of Cleveland. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> then he gets squashed. And then he gets squashed. And then he gets squashed by the guy that's getting squashed by Dave Batista. So he's like the squashers, squashy of squashes. <laughs> like he's bitch boy in this territory. It's, it's oh, you feel bad for the lad almost. You know? <laughs> Is that a new wrestling terminology? Is this what we're going to hear as wrestling goes back? Um, so tonight, are you the squasher or the squashy? I'm the squashy. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm the squasher. Nice. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw words at it until it kind of made some sort of comical sense, but I don't think I did. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of please. squashies, it's the Bella Twins. <laughs> hang on, hang on. We've got quite a lot to do before we get there. Um, so the Batista walks the halls backstage because WCW 21, 2000, oh, 2001, sorry. Uh, Dave bumps into Triple H. Triple H isn't happy with Big Dave, oh, best for business, probably trade a company, blah, 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 blah. blah. Triple H sets up Batista versus Del Rio at the Chamber, and I was like, wasn't this set up last week? I thought this was already happening. Nah, it wasn't official, but Triple H has said it's it's done. He's just looking out for Big Dave. Things cool. have really changed so- around here, Dave. <laughs> Do you remember asking me earlier, like, you know, uh, that thing about Stefan Bonner? What was the question you asked? It was something about. Did he like, get confused he was- and thought he was turning up to an actually oh. exciting event? So we cut back to commentary, and they're doing a piece to camera looking awkward because their table is gone. And I noticed Stefan Bonner wasn't there anymore. <laughs> Legitimately, we're halfway through the show and he left. Kept or went an eye for on a it. Massive poo. No, no, no. He left. Kept an eye on it all night just to see whether he would reappear. Nope. Left at half time. Even there's one point where they announce Wes Khalifa is in the crowd. And then JBL goes. And UFC Hall of Famer Stefan Bonner. They cut to the commentary position. Stefan Bonner isn't there. <laughs> I get the feeling great. that you know Bonner's UFC contract must have expired at this time, and this was his job as a seat filler. Oh man, it's he's so bored with this show. He was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> Just fucking left. Unbelievable. Oh, it's, it's great. So funny. Um, Lita's announced for the Hall of Fame. 
nice video enough. again. Yep. Bit too much Michael Cole in it, I thought. Well, they haven't got the Hardys, have they? So, bit tricky. Yeah. But still, good, good for the Hall of Fame. Good Hall of Fame class of actual wrestlers who mean something. So we've got Jake Roberts, Lita, um, Warrior. Was Warrior. this year, wasn't he? Was he was in the promo yep. shop? Yeah. So mm-hmm. people who actually ha- have name recognition in the world of professional wrestling. Very nice. Yeah, and people that were pretty much delayed in going in with Jake and Warrior, obviously. Um, Lisa, it's pretty much around her time, I guess. This is about right, I guess, for her. But Definitely. Jake should have been a long time ago. But, yeah, but I guess been... you need to get him sober before you can put him in. Exactly. This was the, the success story of DDP yoga, really, more than anything, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still do my DDP yoga today. Love it. Does me good. Energy 2.0, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, backstage segment. <sighs> so we cut backstage. I forgot this was here. <laughs> Betty White with the old age outlaws drinking some tea. Road Dog hasn't changed his way since the 90s and spikes the ladies' drink. <laughs> for some reason, the old age outlaws wander out of shot for a moment. They come back in shot after Betty has had time to swap over the mugs. Um, and then as they're about to drink their tea, we cut away. We're like, hang on, I think you missed the punchline here, guys. <laughs> That's it. And more importantly, they went because she asked for some lemons. They had to go out and get some lemons for her tea. Brilliant. That is legit the reason why they had to leave the screen, because they need, they'd forgotten the lemons. Oh, cool. And we're not talking Adam Rose. Don't be a lemon, <laughs> be a rosebud. Was that a promo oh, that he actually it. cut once? Yep. Wow, okay. Does he know that lemon is code for lesbian? I didn't know that was a code for being a lesbian. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I wondered whether I was just like, oh, did he mean to say what he said? But um, maybe, maybe I've made it up tax. Who knows? <laughs> don't be a lesbian, be a rosebud. I don't know how this works. Yeah, yeah, odd. Uh, we cut to commentary again. The old age outlaws are suddenly appeared next to them. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they were just backstage drinking tea two seconds ago. I think this was an advert, probably. I imagine. 100%. Okay, there we go. Road Dog makes a Miley Cyrus joke here. He goes, what happened to your interior decorator? Like, what? Like, oh, you're talking about the destroyed table from earlier where Batista did the thing, right? And it's like, because... Is it Miley Cyrus? Wrecking ball. Broken uh, table. Uh. One's fire, one's ice. Do you, they're kind of similar, right? Like someone who destroys a table is like a wrecking ball. So Miley Cyrus is your interior decorator because they're the same thing as wrecking ball and destroyed table. Do you, do you, do you, do you get it, Tax? Do you get it? Well, there is a sketch show coming, so I guess, yeah, funny. <laughs> do you do you get it? One's fire, one's ice. Do you get it? Because one of them's on a, but the table's been destroyed with like a wrecking ball, and one of them sings about a wrecking ball and swings on a wrecking ball. So who's your interior decorator? Is it Miley Cyrus? Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. What? You've heard the joke! <laughs> Miley Cyrus at Glastonbury um, in 2019 was a phenomenal set i shit you not if great performance start to finish very very good is this the one time you tried drugs no this was it was (laughs) fucking incredible 
fucking incredible. Are you sure? Yeah. You said a Miley Cyrus set was really good. Are you sure you weren't wasted? Genuinely very and good. I know you're very clean and you don't do drugs. No. Nope. But are you sure <laughs> that you weren't wasted? Are you absolutely sure? 100%. Miley Cyrus also was a good set. Her cover of the cranberry zombie which they did at like um helping oh, venues the worst song in existence okay carry on. Her cover, it was very good very good <laughs> did she say zombie many times and you were just like oh this is fucking brilliant zombie 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 that's how that song sounds <laughs> sounds like a really bad football chant is, is that what they chanted <laughs> exactly. like in the ufc for the korean zombie is that what they did <sighs> I like Korean Zombie. He's awesome. You fixed it. Don't worry. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right back are here while uh, Billy Gunn's shitting himself. Lovely. So, um, yeah, it's Ryback's all against the Usos. <laughs> Fans joining Goldberg at Ryback. He loved it. It's funny. It's funny stuff. He looks so fucking angry. Um, so there's a match going on, apparently. But the real story here is that Road Dog consistently chatting shit to Cole on commentary. While Billy Gunn starts to apparently like make sounds on commentary. Could you hear any of these sounds, Tax? No. It's a bit weird. It's like they were meant to go like a fart machine backstage or something, and they just didn't. So Cole and Road Dog are going, Oh Billy, you're so gross. Why are you making all these bad sounds? And I'm just going, What bad sounds? <laughs> what are you talking about? Are we in some sort of improv theatre? Is that what's happening here? And because we had to show the outlaws at ringside, we didn't get the terrible Uso faux hacker intro that they were doing at this time with their face paints on. Bro, there's a match in the ring. 90% of the time, the cameras are on the commentary position. And like, who books this shit? <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I've got a great idea for you. Don't fancy working tonight. Don't worry, brother. I've got, a, I've got the role for you. You need to sit at ringside and hold your gut. As a quick <laughs> side note, and I'm just going to go out there. There have been times in my life where I've been unwell and therefore things were about to fall out of me at a fast rate of motion. Your stomach sure. does hurt. But at no point have I ever felt the need to quickly run to the loo, but also cover my ass. Because putting my hand over my butt cheeks is not going to stop the eruption of feces, which is about to arrive. Tax, this is called pro wrestling. <laughs> no. I guess it's not really, is it? It's more just like awful improv theatre, as I said. But... So I wrote, I wrote this down. I'm just going to read it, whatever I wrote, because I remember being really angry. <laughs> just writing so let's see how this goes um the camera is now on billy gunn selling a sore tummy more than the match while road dog and cole are selling the noises billy gunn is apparently making i literally can't hear what they're going on about it's like watching improv theater or something while there's still a match going on and stop it off the fucking crowd are chanting randy savage because they're as bored as i fucking am <laughs> with this bollocks and they're having to endure all of it live and they paid good money to be here this crowd must fucking hate this company more than me there you go it was so so excuse the pun so shit oh yeah awful jimmy right. dives to the outside while tagging to jay at the same time and i'm like hey something decent happened that was pretty fun usos will always bring it I like the Usos, man. I always have. I think they're really quite good. Some of the matches are like, you know, eh, that's all right. But like, 
there's always something to latch onto with these boys. But always I'll say to. oos. You say oh. Oos. Oh. Oos. It's it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like it was always over. They like they kinda get it. Um slight issue with their relatives though, because Jay hits the no, I'm good. You don't need to clean my hotel room. I uh what's that? Oh no, I just spilled some ketchup. Don't worry about it. <laughs> For the one, two, three. <laughs> and the winners are the Usos. Oh dear. Good thing there's no shenanigans post match. Slater, Heath is every lubricant daffodil. <laughs> I quite like the lubricant daffodil bit at the end. Uh, yeah, luby daff. <laughs> oh, uh, Billy Gunn ran away with holding his bum. We've already been over that. Um, so it's the shield. Here comes Dean Ambrose to defend his United States Championship. Tax, would you like to go through this match? <sighs> well, big match Mox is standing in the ring waiting to see who's going to answer his open challenge and who is tax, it? Tax, 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 tax. The correct answer was no. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've almost got the, the, the quick go round here. I'm joking. Please go ahead. I just don't. I fucking hate this show. It's awful. Well, Mox is standing in the ring. Who's going to answer the open challenge? It's Mark Henry because he's been teased Yay! for the entire match. Lots of shenanigans. Finally, they lock up. And would you believe it? Mark Henry overpowers him, repeats this spot a few times. Ambrose goes to the floor to have a, a legal consult with uh, the shield of the uh, the Luby Daffodils. Comes back in. Henry keeps in control of the match. Oh, look, we go to a commercial. Great, because we fucking needed that in this match. Um, back from the break. Mark Henry hits the world's strongest slam, goes to the pin. And Rollins comes and breaks up and it's a disqualification. Fuck this company. Yeah, because, you know, we can't book all the members of the Shield as strong, so Mark Henry wins via disqualification because Seth has to jump in because Henry has Ambrose completely fucking beat. But, you know, Henry then gets the better of Ambrose and Seth, <laughs> so don't worry, though. Roman's here to save them. Hoorah! Don't worry. It's the Roman is here to save them. Don't worry, Tax. Roman is here to save them. Which member of the Shield was it again? Here to save? God, Roman is here to save them. It's fucking Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and they're like, well, what's going to happen, Mark, is that you're going to beat the fuck out of them all. But then you're going to like get squashed by Roman. Okay, okay, okay. Good, oh, good, good. So just, I, just so we all know. Am I the squashy or the squasher? Well, Mark, it's a bit confusing. You're the squasher <sighs> to start with, but post-match, you're the squashy. Ooh, mm. confused. You know when they're all on the outside after, you know, Roman saved the day and stuff, when they, they walk around with Mark Henry to where the t- announce table position is? Did you have the same thought I had? Far away. Well, to me, it looked like they were going to go do the power bomb through the announce table and then went, <laughs> oh shit, Batista already did it. <laughs> Fucking big match, Dave. <laughs> they literally are all looking down at the table going, Oh, fuck. <laughs> what are we going to do now? Where's the Spanish one? Oh, shit. <laughs> Not there anymore. It's just one table at ringside. Fuck this company. Uh, it made me laugh anyway. So, um, Shield are about to head out the ring, but... They do the whole we're here pre-tape again. I'm like, hang on. You prayed that 20 minutes ago. That's the same tape. 
<laughs> Can uh, you do that, Jerry? You missed Justin Roberts earlier going, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've just been told the Wyatts have left the building. <laughs> so they've had to come back nice. in to do this tape. <laughs> uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. head back to the ring as the Wyatts walk down the highway. Nice anticipation pops here. Wyatts walk to the ring. They face off opposite the ring from each other. The Wyatts on one side, the S.H.I.E.L.D. on the other, just standing there, staring at each other. Yes, chance throughout the whole arena. The shield climb up onto the apron. Nice big pop. Wyatt's climb up onto the apron. Nice big pop. The tension is real. The crowd are completely loving it, really into it. This is an LA crowd. They're not the most passionate fans in the world. They're not like New York or Chicago or something, but they're, they're there. You know, it's, it's a Hollywood crowd. It's a crowd of kids still, really. But they're there. They're really, really enjoying it difficult to sometimes get these crowds going but this this moment is real special roman steps into the ring from the apron bray enters the ring but does he tax oh he teases it and instantly the wyatts turn heel as a crowd boo as the wyatts back off great stuff so we've now established the face team we've established the face team now the shield are hard nuts they're wanting to fight and the wyatts are the intelligent heels who won't fight for free on on free tv they'll wait to get their purse from the pay-per-view yeah those faces teaming up on mark henry three on one you know god look at those faces (laughs) first part of the show where the crowd have actually woken up and there's genuinely been excitement (laughs) on this show the builds to this having one team step up on the apron the other team go up there roman then gets in the ring and the tease it was so well executed Really out of place on this show because it was so well executed. <laughs> See, booking in wrestling is really easy. You know, even if five out of these six people are meant to be heels, it's, it's still so easy to build tension and to give fans what they want. Like the, the standing across the room from each other, the coordination of like, okay, one thing at a time and we'll give you it. But no, we won't give you it, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, you've got to wait for this. It's, it's great storytelling. And now I'm pumped to see see their match at Chamber. Yeah, absolutely. This is probably the only thing I give a shit about, to be totally honest, at the Chamber so far. Well, I want I want Dragon to win at the Chamber. I want there to be some fun stuff, but this is the match I care about. Definitely. Right. Um, so, uh, I was going to say, so, uh, we get a little graphic just reminding us what's happening in our main event. Because you need reminding, right? Yeah, because for the first time ever, in February, the tenth, it's John Cena versus Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the end of the the line tax. This is the final time they're going to do it. This is the end of their story. Don't no, no, not the pay per view in two weeks where they're wrestling in the main event together. No, no, this is the end of their story. Do you remember that? It's not a one on one match though. After this, this is the last. This is the last one on one match in this calendar month of this calendar year. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's the end of the story tax. So it doesn't matter if it's one on one. This this is the end of the story tonight. Nothing else is, you know. No, no, the, the pay for you. Don't worry about that. That's two weeks away. That's ages. That doesn't count. It's the end of the story. There's no more story here. It's it's, it's not about the one on one tax. Don't get it wrong. It's, it's the end of the story. Okay. But it's a good thing though. This story here ends in February because it allows us to segue through to Vince McMahon's <laughs> favorite month of the year, where we roll out archive footage. Pretend oh. that Vince McMahon isn't outdated in his views or opinions, in my opinion. Bro, 
It's Black History Month, so here's a montage of people we never put over. I just cut and paste it from the last few weeks, you know. Ah, here's Bobo Brazil. He was good, wasn't he? And we honour him in Black History Month. It's, I love that in this video package, they're like, this is Bobo Brazil. It's Black History Month. He wrestled a bunch of white people who we put over. <laughs> Look how great they are in this video package. Like, what the fuck? Oh, look, here's Darth Vader to induct him into the Hall of Fame. Jesus Christ, man. There is one other bit of footage here that I found really entertaining, which is a replay of Orton beating up Cena's daddy. Yeah. Look at your daddy, John Cena. (laughs) Look at your daddy. Best thing for that TNA run was Gallows. (laughs) Gallows is awesome, man. It's so funny. Um, So we need a Divas match. It's 2014. No one you gets can look, but you can't touch. Yeah, we cut into Bella's music, and it's a six-person tag team match of AJ Lee, Oksana, and Alicia Fox with Tamina Snooker, because we have to get everyone at ringside, uh, versus Cameron, the Bella twins, Brie Bella and Nikki Bella, with Eve Marie, for some fucking reason. Well, Dewdrop wasn't there yet. <laughs> Bruh. Don't don't get me started on 2021. I can't handle it anymore. It's so bad. (laughs) How dare they? Piper fucking Niven. How good is she? And they're like, Jidrop. (laughs) That's your name. But don't worry, we'll tell a story with you whereby like in one fucking week, we'll have you debut, turn, (laughs) drop a character name. You're just like, one week. Are you fucking mental? Do you not want to tell a story anymore? You fucking idiots. If it's stories... Good. I'm getting out. It's if venting, it's like stories it. you're after, as we had one with Tamina, I think, and if we had one the other week with Aksana, I think it's only fair if we have a little bit of a career retrospective of Cameron. Oh, good Lord. Okay, is it going to be like the Aksana one? <laughs> how, t- <laughs> how dare you? This was elite journalism. <laughs> Looking at okay. this. Okay. All right, go for it. Ariane Andrews, otherwise known as professional wrestler Cameron, <laughs> featured heavily on one of on on some of the early podcasts because she was on Wait, tough hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Her name is Ariana And what's her name? Ariane Andrews. Ariana Andrews. And we're going with Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> That's a good name. So Ariane Andrews has literation. It's it's Oh, fucking, this fucking company, man. Please continue. Do you remember where we first saw her? Of course I fucking don't. I don't care. How dare you? This was a pivotal (laughs) moment in professional wrestling for me and my love of professional wrestling. Picture the scene. We're at a reality TV show. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Trish Stratus, Booker T. I do remember. I do remember. Steve Austin, (laughs) Ariane Andrews is in the bottom two. And Steve Austin points her and says, what's your favorite wrestling match of all time? And she looked at him straight in the face and said, Alicia Fox versus Melina. <laughs> it's Austin's reaction is still one of my favorite moments in pro wrestling history. He's just like, fucking what? <laughs> oh, brilliant. So basically, she managed to end up getting a contract. She got to spend two years from 2012 to 2014 in the Funkadactyls until she turned on Naomi in June Dance like a whore. Dance like a whore. You're a woman. You're in wrestling. Dance like a fucking whore for me. 
Jesus Christ, Vince. In June of 2014, so shortly after this, she turned heel, and after the Payback pay-per-view, she beginned she began her very, very brief feud with Paige. I think it was one or two <laughs> matches. In three, she successfully challenged Paige in three, six, con- six, three consecutive non-total matches on Superstars and Raw, all of which that Paige would win. Unbelievable. Um, and after that, the Funkadactyls began to fall out. She feuded with Naomi for a little bit. Oh, no. And then, just remember, don't forget, she was in, uh, an integral part of our favorite wrestling company, All Elite Wrestling. Back on the 29th of July in the year 2000, during the midst of the global pandemic, she was chosen. Well, she chose the same color as Nyla Rose in the Deadly Draw lottery system, and they would team up in the AW Women's Tag World Cup. They were eliminated in the first round by Anna Jay and Tay Conte. But don't worry, friends and friends oh, of Cameron yeah. and mm. uh, Ariana Andrews. Because she is about, she has been teasing recently online, she's about to launch a new music project. So keep oh, your God. eyes wide open. Also, don't forget... <laughs> we that, know all about those, don't we, Dax? <laughs> well, don't forget about in 2012, that um, in August 2012, she was also arrested for driving under the influence, and she tried to bribe a police officer and was subsequently suspended by WWE. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, so, um, this match with fucking Cameron in it, when she did the DDT, and they were like, oh, it's like Jake Roberts. No, it's fucking not. I've never been more angry. Like, Jerry Lawler is a piece of shit. <laughs> and he also here goes, oh, that DDT, just like Jake Roberts. And I'm like, how fucking dare you, sir? How fucking dare you? Brie Bri and Nikki did a very unsuccessful poetry in motion where Brie uh, trips over Nikki and fell into the fell into the corner. Got a good line about that. Brie doesn't enter the dragon in this episode, but she takes a quick trip. <laughs> but she takes a quick trip face first to the turnbuckles where she botches a whisper in the wind type spot. So there you go. Oh dear. I mean, in fairness, like to Cameron, had they not put the Jake Roberts thing in, it was a decent DDT she did. Shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> one of the bits we missed here is that Cole tells us Naomi is actually injured. Thanks, Oksana. Appreciate it. That was because of the knee to the orbital bone, wasn't it? Unbelievable. It fucking was. Yep. So, um, as she said, Cameron gives Oksana a DDT because, you know, she injured the person who was going to be in the main, in the main event. <laughs> They're women. They can't main event. Who's uh, <laughs> going to wrestle AJ Lee? Not anymore, apparently. So, one, two, champion AJ Lee has barely been on this show, even though she's in this fucking match. Three, uh, winners are absolutely fucking no one. They did mention that Summer Rae's also joined the cast of Total Divas for season two. So, uh, get watching that on the WWE Network, unless you've got it on Peacock, then you're fucked. (sighs) Be a star video package. Don't even get me started. Uh, we get some intangibles up next for Cena and Orton. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of stats. He's a 13-time WWE champion, a three-time World Heavyweight Champion. Orton's the first ever WWE World Heavyweight Champion, apparently. Hmm. Yep. Chris Jericho is like, wait, what? <laughs> and everyone before that, to be fair, as well. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, another Rusev Lana camera pre-tape in Mother Russia. A ring comes to you. It's good stuff. Love it. Good old Miro. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm hoping we get to see him wrestle. <laughs> oh, this isn't good. Penelope, where's Kip? I mean, I know he's injured. I injured him. But this is not fair. Three on one. I can't let this happen. Oh, he's the good man. He's the best man. God's favorite champion. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I love him so much. I am God's favorite champion. <laughs> and it just pops me. I'm sorry. I want to thank God for giving me this champion. And then the other week when he went, and also my hot wife. <laughs> Every single week, he has golden lines. Was that line last week? Is oh Darby, you want to die and I am the man to kill you. And I'm just like, fuck. Okay. That's a fucking amazing line. And it just seriously is quotables week after week after week. This is Austin Vince level of fucking amazing promos. And I feel like it's getting skipped over a little bit. I think it's a real shame. Yeah, WWE. I like let this, this man. man go. This man's so good, he's likable. He's great in the ring. His promos are fantastic. WWE had him at prime over heel, and they never pulled the trigger, really. He pulled the trigger in the tank. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, they had him at that, like, oh, if you just put the belt on him, you could have a serious person right now. But Or even as Rusev Day kicked up and just let him run <sighs> as a top baby face. Yeah, exactly. They never did. But I'm really hoping they pull the trigger. I think he's the guy. I, I honestly think um, I've thought about this quite a lot. I know we kind of pitched ideas and stuff. And it's fancy booking, but to me, you eventually have Hangman beat Kenny, and literally the next night, I would have Hangman try and prove himself by stepping into the ring with Miro and be like, "I will defend my belt against you my very first night," and I Miro squash the fuck out of him because I think Hangman's a better chaser. I don't think he'd be an established um, champ to start no, with. He's got to have the chase. Yeah, and I think Miro's the perfect guy to do it against if Kenny's not going to be there. And to be honest, I think Kenny's beat up and tired. and You know, his matches are always really fucking good. But, you know, we've seen it quite a lot over the last couple of years. I am looking forward to Triple Mania, though. Oh, bro. Him and um, Andrade. Oh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully um, he's not too rusty and doesn't take too much to kind of get the match going. A Fabio um, Patch against Diona Perosa. That's going to be great as well. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm fearing that Triple Mania might be too good again. <laughs> No, because they've only announced two matches. The rest is going to be full of all of the clowns. Dave the Clown, Monster Clown, Murder Clown, Psycho Clown. They'll all be there. They have announced um, Psycho Clown against... Oh, God, who was it? Is it El Dandy, I think his name is? Oh, really? In a Lucha de Apuestas match. So hair versus mask. So, <laughs> so Psycho El Dandy's winning. losing his hair. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff isn't it oh man and and at some point they need that i know diona versus fabio patch would be a great match but please just throw in make it a triple threat and throw in big <laughs> mummy oh, and we still haven't explained what the hell happened with chessman in the main event when he just beat the shit out of um, hugo savinovich who Cheeseman? Chessman? There you go. <laughs> it's Chessman, but Cheeseman. to us, he'll always be Cheeseman. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, eh? Yeah, no, I don't think... I mean, not like I follow AAA very closely. But no one can. Is. <laughs> no one knows where to watch it. <laughs> I think even the people that do know where to watch it don't really understand anyway. It's, uh, it's very... Uh, it's like a fever dream a lot of the time. It's brilliant. See, we love wrestling. Just just not 2014 Raws, because they're fucking shit. <laughs> I love AAA. 
yeah, should we just do triple A podcast? We've talked about this before. I think it'd be much funnier, but I don't think anyone would listen to it. And we'd have no content because we'd never be able to find it other than Triple Mania every year. Yeah. We don't speak Spanish either, which might be a problem, but that could be funny. <laughs> no, that would be. Th- and we'll end up with a commentary deal. We'll end up mm. doing UK commentary <laughs> for AAA. These guys do a podcast on us. Ah, S- Senor Rich and Senor Tax. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, all, I'm, all I'm seeing now blah, 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 is like the far show and you're just going to sit there one day and go psycho clown that sketch now thinking back of it is surprisingly racist schminky pinky Chris Waddle oh fucking Ah, God, let's get through it. That's got to be Kane. Well, a boring suit-wearing version of Kane, because Kane was way too interesting previously. But he's corporate now, so it's fine. It's like me coming in from Tax Williams, going back to the office when I had my old job. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Kane tells us he's on leave while (laughs) cutting a promo in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Great. It's like Louis before he quit. (laughs) 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 There was literally times when we'd be in a meeting and Louis would turn up and we're like, isn't this your day off? And he'd be like, yeah. (laughs) We're like, why are you in the meeting then? Go away. And then like there was uh, the one day he was off this week. We'd join in the meeting and Ollie goes to me because we were the first people there. Ollie immediately goes, Louis used to turn up to these meetings on his day off. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, not that he listens to this. Um, Kane tells us he's on leave, even though he's kind of promo of the ring. Kane says he acted alone in, ta- in attacking Daniel Bryan last week, not on part of the authority. Who cares? Uh, which brings out our hero who rushes to the ring, Daniel Bryan. They fight. Uh, Betty White is here to do some hilarious <clears throat> comedy and announce the main event which is a non-title match ending the feud of John Cena versus Randy Orton, our two-belt world heavyweight champion, who enters to pretty much silence. What you want from your champion? Mm-hmm. John Cena's kind of over in LA, and they hate him in Boston, which I think pretty much sums up how I feel about those two cities. Uh, American sports. Hmm. Let's go Glasgow, Boston, Celtic. Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's these little things that I know will just itch at you. And it's just, well, I'll just throw them in because I'm an asshole. Should we read out our texts from Derby Days? <laughs> <Arsenal> play <laughs> I don't Mike think it's is a, in I, trouble. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it's really appropriate. <laughs> uh, tax. Do you... Uh... Want to go through this match, or should I say, do we need to go through this match? Well, we've already covered this match um, <laughs> at TLC. For the last 10 years? <laughs> so if you'd like to go back into our archive and go, and again, we imp- encourage you to go, if this is the first time you're listening to us, um, our whole back catalogue is on worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. But I encourage you to go back and listen to um, our review of Night of Champions because this is what happened, except the belts weren't on a ladder and we had false Mm. finishes of Cena kicking out of an RKO. 
Orton kicking out of literally, the literally Judas every, in every, fairness, every, everything they do they the kick Cena. out everything the only difference in this match from anything I've seen before is Cena clearly got a two count and turned around to the referee and went was it two or was it three <laughs> not realising his music isn't playing or the bell hasn't rung or the referee's raising his arm He's look- and then he looks to the referee and goes it was two okay <laughs> it's like oh shit um, they try and do the lovely little top rope spot faff about a bit Cena does the famous are off the top again ouchie on the bottom there to then pick mm-hmm. him up do an FU and we are out of here Cena there's there's a couple of points at the mania sign and it's just <laughs> shit <laughs> shit my, my, Rich it's two bit- shit <laughs> it's 20 minutes of shit yeah, I would rather watch what came 25. out of Billy Gunn's asshole after drinking that spiked tea than I would have watching this shit again. Yeah, it's awful. There's, there's two notes I have about this match. The first one is Orton and Cena do the boo-yay spot standing in the middle of the ring doing the punches that only they're allowed to do, right? But the crowd are going, boo! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> boo! On every punch, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and the other note I have about this match is um, they get to the point where they do the kick out of everyone, each other's finisher over and over and over and over and over again when the fans finally start to kind of get into it, which is proof that all you need to do is constantly kick out of finishers to make the crowd give a shit about your feud. Setting up what I like to call the WWE's Gargano era. <laughs> the way. It's awful. It's so bad. This whole match is fucking terrible. It's boring they kick out of everything <laughs> like it's just what's the point nothing's over neither of you are over no one gives a shit it's it's us oh, this show is fucking dreadful man like i've really tried over the last couple of weeks to find some positives here and there even like cesaro on this was you know something to try and be positive about and we try and make up jokes and you know, I love Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. I'm the biggest fan in the world. He's not featured on this fucking show, really. He's just doing this bollocks with Kane, which is kind of like, it feels like it's been completely just stabbed into the bottom of the show that complete afterthought. No one gives a fuck about. And it's like, you've got a really good story there between those two. Why not tell that fucking story rather than just this generic bollocks? And everything else is shit. <laughs> like, it's dreadful. The thing that got me most about this as well is I've I've gone back to try and look at some watcher slash reader reaction to these episodes of Raw and SmackDown I'm looking at. And even the most diehard WWE fan cannot believe the bullshit of well, it's all a bit all over the place at the moment because all their plans have changed now. CM Punk's gone. Are you trying to honestly tell me that WWE are not booking week to week anyway? So the fact that CM Punk's left, they've gone, oh, fuck, we've got to do something with Kane. Sure, yeah. Is, is what's fucked them. It's, it, it just isn't it. And the fact that they've had their, their multi-belt world champion lose two weeks in a row on Raw, but let him win on Smacky D. It's ridiculous. But again, it's WWE booking. The champion loses going into the pay-per-view knowing full well that he's going to come out on top. If Orton was winning, you'd guess he would drop the belt. And if the good guys are winning on Raw heading into this, there is no chance 
So at the moment, based on this logic, either Orton's going to retain, or at the moment, Christian is going to walk out as champion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... All of it is just strange. Like, it's... I really think we've got to the point where they've had three-hour rules long enough to up until this point in 2014, whereby they have no fucking clue what to do anymore. Like, they've had to spend so much time just filling for content. And I really think it's the three hours that is the biggest problem with these shows to me. Do you feel the same? Or do you think it is a matter of they could be booking these three hours to a better extent and this is how you would do it sort of thing? The problem is SmackDown's two hours and it's still it's worse than this. Damn, okay. But that's the problem at the time with, with SmackDown, how it was at this time. It was very much the B show. You had a bit of spillover from Raw and stuff that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, great. We've got Bray versus Goldust, but we've got that in their six man on Raw. So what's the fucking point? Goldust versus Bray well, I guess just to show the same problem that's Go on, sorry. I was going to say, just to showcase Bray, yeah, I'm all for squash matches of new characters, but they need to elevate. And the problem I've got here is you're heading, you've come out of the rumble where everyone's shat over your product because you didn't give them the right logical booking or even have a storyline arc coming out of it for why our hero, the American Dragon, did not win the rumble when he's so hot to do it. And Three hour rule, it's just, I mean, three hour rules just don't work anyway. I understand from a corporate standpoint and a revenue standpoint, but that, that's the thing. WWE is an entertainment television, it's a television okay, company. Okay. Hold, it's hold not on a wrestling promotion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I thought a lot about exactly what you're talking about right now. And I thought of this thing that I really wanted to mention to you. So I was kind of trying to lead us down this path. There's, there's a point where Vincent Mann, who has to be the person responsible because he is the boss he's the person at the top he's the decision maker right has a choice in life he can either have lots and lots and lots of television time where the creative is struggling okay whereby he can make let's put it in real world perspective like my your income the person listening's income right so you can have a couple of grand extra every year but you've only got a job for maybe 10 years. Okay, your industry might die in 10 years, but you could have an extra couple of grand. Okay, the creative side of your industry, the design of your industry, however you want to phrase it, the clothes that you sell, the food you sell, it's going to go away in 10 years, right? And the people that buy those things are going to go away in 10 years, but you can have an extra couple of grand a year. Okay, or you can have not those extra money, just the same money that you kind of, you know, were generating previously. But you've got a job for life and also a job for the next couple of generations of your kids and their kids. And Vincent Mann went, give me the money. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> like, the difference seems... is, though, the difference is we're not talking a couple of extra grand a year. In the scheme talking... of it, we are. No, Relative. Not really. We're talking. It's not enough min- money to make a difference. A couple of million pounds on the New York Stock Exchange is a huge deal. To, so to for, them, they're spending a couple of million pounds a year on each thing. Like when they do a WrestleMania, they spend millions of pounds. Yeah, but they 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 recoup, they get it back. This this is the thing. Unfortunately, if, not if their industry isn't w, there, I guarantee you, if WWE was not a listed company and not a money making machine, 
we would have we would be on two two hour roars. The only reason we have three hour roars is because being listed a listed company on the stock exchange, you have to work in the best interest of your shareholders. And the best interest of the shareholders isn't to make less money for a longer period of time. The shareholders want to make as much money as possible and then sell their shares. A lot of WWE shares are held in hedge funds, which essentially a, a two to five year stack them high, sell and cheap sort of concept. Make as much money as you can and then get out as fast as you can. And that's the business model of WWE. It is all about making money. Because in all honesty, the second that Vince McMahon dies, the wrestling product is going to increase significantly. But the value of that company is going to fall through the floor. They've so, gone from 7 million viewers down to 1 point something million viewers. They're like, let's say, generously, a sixth of their audience. How do you ever get that back? But then I... I mean, I, I agree with you on the, the concept of TV revenue. But then if they've lost that much revenue, why are their financial results so good? Are you telling me Fox? Because they took the extra time in no. short term and everything. I understand that, like, you know, this was a sensible decision if you just want to make some money quickly. But are you telling you me kill Fox your industry and Peacock, you do it? Fox and Peacock wouldn't have looked at the ratings over the last five, ten years to chuck that month, that a billion dollars at WWE over five years to sit there and go, we know you're going to lose more viewers over the next few years. Why, why would they do it? And also, think about it from a marketing standpoint, as you mentioned earlier with the stats. Good question. Yeah. If you had a WWE talent who had 54 million Facebook followers and you had that person being able to essentially cross-promote some of your brands, you've then got 54 million people to reach to. And yes, granted, that isn't an overly good idea to space it on Facebook likes to see how far your marketing could stretch. But the investment potential and the reach of the performers and the WWE itself is astronomical. But that's the problem. As I said, WWE is not aimed at wrestling fans. WWE is a episodic television, like weekly movie, straight to DVD, theatre production. They don't give a shit anymore because they've got the money. And let's be honest, by the time this Fox deal goes and this Peacock deal runs out in five years' time, I hope it's not true and I would never ever wish anyone dead, but there is no way Vince is going to be involved in this business in five years' time. So what they've done here is they've stabilized the value of this company. They're kicking off, and again, this is the exit strategy. This thing, they don't give a shit about the product. They need to lower costs, increase profitability, and sell. Yeah, and that has been is the it's a really cunty strategy. thing to do. It's horrible. It's what? taking, you know, Vincent Mann can say stuff like, oh, I don't make wrestling. I make movies or whatever. If you take pro wrestlers from other companies in the 80s and you put them in a wrestling ring and you present your show like it's wrestling, it's still fucking wrestling no matter what you call it. I can pick up a duck and call it a chicken. It's still a fucking duck. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it drives me fucking insane. So if, if all the bits you're saying, I don't disagree with, I understand that this is the financial situation they've got themselves in. It's just a cunty thing to do to pro wrestling. But how many, how many businesses would you look around the world at excluding, you know, look, not looking away from WWE, how many businesses have become sort of these global financial heavyweights through changing their business model, which is not suitable for their consumers? just to make money for the for the directors and the shareholders most i don't them. understand your point well, why do i care about that well that, that's the thing we don't 
but we're yeah, not exactly. in that environment. They would take something we loved and they don't give a shit about what we think about it. They should. <laughs> they should really care what their fans think about their but product. why? They should why? care about the longevity of pro wrestling. But they don't. Because it's not just about money. It's about art. It's about theatre. It's about performance. It's about killing an industry and stopping future generations from having this special thing that we had as kids. It's, I don't disagree with you, but again, you know, you're speaking to someone who worked for a top 10 accountancy practice. Do you think, <laughs> we, do you think genuinely we gave a shit about someone's books and records? Do you think we really cared about pushing services that they may not necessarily need? Do you think yeah, when sure. I'm billing a construction company, the best part of quarter of a million pounds for doing a 10-page report that took me a day and told them it took me four weeks. <laughs> Do yeah, you sure. think, honestly, that they give a shit about the consumer, about what goes in that report? No, they want to get their quarter of a million pounds. But they should. But they don't. And that, you unfortunately... You can still make money without being a cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you really can. I mean, it's never worked for me, and I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, don't we at a point where it's not one or the other. You know, I think you can do some of this and you can do some of that. Just take a fucking hours less revenue on TV weekly. So the product isn't fucking dog shite. Well, you know, but, it's been put it in so context. Long. So let's say USA that it generates for, for a low end. It generates them an extra million dollars a week for having that extra hour. That's an extra $52 million Can't a year. Can't be that much. Are you that well, no, much. but I'm just, just using it just as an example. If it's half a million. <laughs> it's a big example. Well, no. Okay, let's say it's <laughs> a half a million dollars a week. Let's say it's half a million for an hour of TV time. That they're, no, they're saying mate, it costs like 20 quid to advertise with TNA. It can't That's be that much more for WWE. TNA. <laughs> it's still a big TV no, network in America. I'm not being... Look, just put it this way. I'm just using. I'm not it joking, a, by the way. It literally costs know, about twenty quid to advertise this before. But what what I'm saying is, that, that genuinely, the money is that level for the TV deals that they have. So, mm. it, it, let's say, okay, from a worse side of things, and this includes the additional ad revenue. I'm not talking just the money from the USA Network. I'm talking about on top of that, the ad revenue they generate, the additional sales they generate from this extra hour of TV time. If it's a million. Okay, maybe you're not happy with that figure. So I'll go twenty. Okay, let's go half a million. So that's an extra twenty-six million dollars a year. Are you telling me that their shareholders, if they turn around and said, "Guys, um, we know you've invested in us, and some of you are wrestling fans, a lot of you are hedge fund owners. What we're going to do is to improve the value of the product we've got. We're going to tell USA we don't want at least twenty-six million dollars a year." Are we okay with that? Are we acting in the best interests of you just because wrestling fans want us to do it? They should. They never should have taken it in the first place. They shouldn't have to have this conversation because they shouldn't be stupid enough to be like, oh yeah, five hours of mainstream TV. We can fill that. No problem. But that, that's the thing though, isn't it? That's King retrospective over here. I know, I know. I know, I know but this, this is the thing. And it, and it would drive me insane because as we said, we grew up on WWE and it breaks my heart that I have so little interest. It is the last good connection, to not be overdramatic, the last good connection I have to any happy memories of growing up was professional wrestling in WWE. And the fact that I can't sit now and watch weekly Raws or Smackdowns and actually enjoy professional wrestling. I said I enjoyed Mania night one because it had fans back. I didn't enjoy night two that much. 
It's dreadful, isn't it? Yeah. It pains me. It hurt, it genuinely breaks my heart how yeah, little interest the, that... I have in this in, in this product. But yeah. the the problem is from and, and again, you know, I, I know I know a joke about it, but the problem is from being in this corporate world that I'm in, and I don't, you know, I don't like it. <laughs> like I've said to you before, you know, I could have charged you and Nandy. I could have charged Coach Wicked so much money to do accountancy but you're my friends so i do it for free i i'm not i work in horrible corporates and in fairness the company i work for at the moment is a lovely corporate which genuinely does give a shit about things like the environment and will take a financial hit to be net zero and things like that that's really cool that's a nice ethic ethical approach i like to have to a business but after working in large corporations for for a large chunk of my adult life you know, it's unfortunately how it's grained into it. I went in to accountancy, similar to how I would view it going into the wrestling business. I want to make people not scared of the tax man. I want to help people. I want to make people not panic about doing their tax returns. I want to do this, that, and that. But then as time went on, and it makes me sound like a horrible human being, I thought, but if I build this person more, my billables look better, which means I'll get a bigger pay rise, which means I get a bigger piece of the pie, which means I might sure get you want to be saying all this on the pod? <laughs> no, because this is just, this was the accountancy career. This is how yeah, it was. Sure, sure. But rather than doing what a lot of, you know, rather than, I didn't do what my colleagues used to do when I first started. In, when I, in my employment, not my self-employment, that's a completely different ball game for that because I like to consider I was nice and a, a fair rate. But if you're thinking like, in my previous role, I was charged out at 135 pounds an hour just to write a letter. So if I wrote you a, an email that took me half an hour, in the, in the accountancy world, that would cost you the best part of 70 quid for me to send you an email. Sure. And then in the olden days, I'd be like, no, I can't put this down on the timesheet. I'm just writing an email. But as time went down, I'd go, ah, that took me half an hour, one hour. And you just become part of it. And that's what has happened in WWE. It's they're guided by the shareholders and they're trapped in. Ideally, the if they cared about man, wrestling, you, piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, but if WWE cared about wrestling, they'd buy back all the shares, they'd delist, and they'd give a shit about wrestling. But they don't. They care about money, and that's that's it. At the end of the day, the product will be shit, and they and will make money hand sucks. over fist to spite us. And it sucks. Doesn't yeah. it feel like 2014 is the start of that? I mean, I think it was there before that. Had it not been for Punk doing the pipe bomb. A decade ago, and then Dragon luckily growing a beard, having a funny tag team with Kane, which they just threw together, going, Ah, this will be shit. And the skits with Dr. Shelby got over. Had they not had that, this product would have been dead by WrestleMania 30. Yeah, I guess let me rephrase what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you're watching these shows in 2014, don't you sit here just seeing all the issues that have snowballed into what we have to deal with in 2021? Oh, three hours has killed this business. Three hours has killed the creativity of this company. Mm. That there is it's no, more there's no just argument. the time as well. It's the, the booking. It's the format of the show. It's the, the choices of production. It's the the guest host. It's the scripting, the overscripting, the lack of creative freedom with people. It's the lack of sing along theme songs it's it's just so much of it it's like it's really really difficult to sit through and try and find things to enjoy and we're, we're wrestling fans yeah 
No, but I can't can- imagine showing this to like my dad or my sister or something and being like, check this amazing television out for three fucking hours. They'd be yeah. like, three hours? No, no, I'm not watching that for three hours. It's terrible. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's th- this time period, or I think as we said, you know, the second it turned to three hours, it's impossible to write. Like if you look at the soap writers yeah. in like, British te- in British television, so if you're writing like a weekly soap like EastEnders or stuff like that, you've got an hour, it, uh, it's like half an hour or an hour each day, so you've got like two and a half hours a week to cover. And because they're only covering half an hour a day in a controlled set, not in a live environment, they just about pull it off. But if yeah. you're thinking that you've got three hours <laughs> of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours of NXT, one hour of Main Event, one hour of Superstars, and you've got to make it compelling. No wonder yeah. why the writers are, are suffering from <laughs> burnout. But the problem is, you drop the hour of Raw, you've still got all that content to fill. So yes, Monday Night Raw might get a bit better and it might but, be a bit more snappy. That's, that's the point. You do the storytelling in those two hours, everything else is filler. You know what I mean? So you can you still do the filler. You've got television shows to produce. I get it. But you can focus on a solid two hours of storytelling. I have still always said for this Raw, they should have had two hours of raw and then a one hour post game like like you have like on all the sports yeah, networks yeah, yeah. and have Definitely. have like the talking smack or the raw talk after that but yeah. better produced with guest celebrities in there to talk about it and that is how you get your third hour of raw mm. but obviously usa is a television network it doesn't want sports casting you might get away with it on fox if that ever has to go to a three hour and i just beg and plead with AEW when rampage goes live just don't overstretch because yeah, I, I don't, don't watch dark they haven't with their other shows have they? i don't so. watch dark elevation because i like i like the fact they give people the chance to rest in the pandemic it's great for content but i don't watch it because i don't need to because i know the storylines aren't overly significant it's, it helps get people's stats up and wins and losses mm-hmm. yeah sure it's the last thing on the um the writing of WWE in 2014 like imagine all the things you've talked about and then your boss as the wrestlers are about to go out there comes along and goes no, Cameron's going to win. <laughs> like, yeah, just imagine what this is actually like. You'd be like, no, 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 you have to put a poop joke in there. <laughs> It'll be much funnier. Just, but I, but I'm do so I get paid? Sick to, I'm, yeah, I guess. But and, I'm and so I think, again, this sick is the, of Vince's creative. But th- this thing again, such a long time. You see talents asking for their release and wanting to go because they think they can make money out of it. How long did Zack Ryder sit and take a paycheck when he could have walked off and been creative at professional wrestling for someone who claims to be a massive professional wrestling fan to sit from even this time, because he's not been on any of our shows that we've covered, up until 2020 when he was released? I I would have done the same. Well, that's that's the thing though, isn't it? The wrestlers aren't going to turn around and argue it because they're getting paid very, very well because of I mean, some not so much, but some are getting paid very well. The guys who are given yeah. big contracts, like Gallows and Anderson. The point the being, they shouldn't have it. to argue with tax. There should be someone giving them some more creative freedom, or at least a boss that understands what his audience actually wants and doesn't lose them all. But, <laughs> but the issue is, and I'll, and I'll throw it out here. So let's say they gave Gallows and Anderson free reign on the USA Network. Even AEW had to cut some of the stuff that Gallows done. Can you imagine on a live Monday Night Raw and Gallows starts 
air wanking over an opponent. How's that gonna look from the shit on the the shareholders? Dude, you've gone from one extreme to the other. There's there's plenty of grey in between. It doesn't have to be people wanking on USA Network. I, I know, but I'm just saying if you if you give someone like Gallows telling, creative telling freedom, a logical story, give me give me five weeks worth of storytelling rather than one. You know, oh, that's yeah. all I'm saying. No, it's I, not complicated. I, I completely agree with you, but I, I also will say that the wrestlers are part of the problem as well. Because if they if all the top talent weren't in it if so i suppose let's see it from this perspective we're saying that wwe shouldn't be in it for the money they should be in it for the wrestling are you sort of saying again that the wrestlers shouldn't accept these multi-million dollar contracts to wrestle in this shit-ass company they should go and actually perfect their art elsewhere and leave the money behind because if we're saying to wwe you need to leave the money behind to be creative and be good at professional wrestling are we saying that they then have to tell the wrestlers you're going to earn less and have a bit more creative freedom, or those, or should we be saying to the wrestlers, "This is how WWE is. It's shit. You should go elsewhere and turn your back on all that money." I've lost your logic. Sorry, man. Well, no, I'm d- trying d- to d- keep track w- of it. Oh, sorry. WWE, they put out shit, but they make a lot of money. As a wrestler, and we're telling them, no, you should t- give that money back, go back to two hours, and put on a better wrestling show. Are you essentially trying? So essentially, then a wrestler who is making decent money to be on these shit shows or no shit shows at all, should we be telling them give back this money, this guaranteed money from WWE, and go and wrestle somewhere else where you can actually be a wrestler rather than Um, some shit comedy character? For me, from an outside viewer's perspective, I want the industry to survive. That means not losing your audience. It's really that simple for me. If that's what we have to do to achieve that, then that's what we have to do. Like, I'm like, sorry, you don't get employed. <laughs> it sounds brutal and some people will suffer and there'll be less people employed in wrestling. But to be fair, recently they've done, got to a point where they're just fucking cutting people's contracts anyway. Like the last year, they've got rid of so many fucking people that, you know, this point is almost improving. And why that is may not be for this particular reason, but they're cutting people, they're making them jobless. And you know? they're doing it because it's going to increase the profitability. But you know what? This discussion over the last 20 minutes has certainly been a lot more compelling than three hours of fucking Raw. Sure, yeah. How would you cornflake rate this, uh, this element of Monday Night Raw, not our discussion on the business and finances? It's very, very angry rich was like minus five stars, but it's, it's, it's a one. It's, it's quite simply a one. It's a one from me purely because of the Wyatt Shield face-off. And it's a shame because yeah. they're not letting Dragon wrestle. They're not letting him have much in here and they're only giving him they're only giving him stuff with Kane. I think like we said previously, I'm hoping we're like a couple of weeks away from being able to do Chamber, which I think is going to be a really fun show. And then we're going to get people coming back. No, we didn't even have Brock this week. So Brock yeah. turned up, beat the shit out of people and then just didn't turn up. So like, where's the again, carnage there for Brock? I want people to be really clear that listen to this or... Follow me on Twitter or whatever. I like. I want it to be good. I really, really want it to be good. Like, I'm trying to find positives about it. This one just felt like such a waste of my life sitting watching this. I'd, I'd rather be sitting still in quiet in a dark room than doing this, to be totally honest. To me, it was the Cena Autumn main event that, that put the nail in the coffin for this for me. Because, as you yeah. said, there's, there was no story. This was like a house show to me. It felt like a house show. Nothing developed other than the Shields and the Wyatts. There was nothing. This was three hours of nothing. And this is what people say a lot about Monday Night Raw. 
But I'm sure, hopefully, next week will be the go-home show to the Emanation Chamber. So in theory, you know, we always used to wax lyric about go-home shows during the Attitude Era and the Rufus <laughs> Aggression Era. So hopefully, we're going to get a really good go-home show leading into Chamber. So fingers crossed for that. And if not, remember, everyone, you voted for this. So <laughs> I wanted to do Mickey and yeah, Trish. Yeah, just to definitively say at this point, they don't get to pick what we do next <laughs> like at all we are picking what we do next i was i want to do, do i wanted after seeing sort of uh the the match graphics that it was i think it was like 20 or 25 years ago today that we had shane versus angle at king of the ring and i'd love to do the build up to that match sorry the triple threat between kurt angle shane and the glass yeah sure sure oh We'll have a look when we get to it. We've still got quite a long way to go. So next week, we're doing the 17th of Raw 2014. The 17th of uh, Raw? The of Raw. <laughs> I did say the 17th of Raw, sorry. 17th of February 2014, the episode of Raw. The week after that is Elimination Chamber. And then we're on that little run to WrestleMania 30. We've got one, two, three, four, six episodes of Raw. So we've still got eight shows to go. <laughs> oh, that was a laugh of disbelief. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, when's Triple Mania? It's June, isn't it? August this year. August. Oh fuck. Okay. So we should. Like, we might. We, get a break? we might be done in time. <laughs> we might be done. Yeah, in maybe. Time. Whatever. We'll still do Triple Mania whenever that week comes along as well, because that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really, really hoping that Chamber to Raw has some story, because right now. It's it's just heel faction against heel faction. Can we turn this faction a bit face? And that's the only thing I kind of care about, which is really difficult. So, come on, Chamber, set up some stories. Give us something good. Let's be positive, Tax. We can get there. WrestleMania 30 has some good shit on it. I know that. I'm looking forward positive. to getting there. I'm looking forward to getting there. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media and your work? Ah, fanboy rich on the old Twitter machine and across Wrestle Talk and parts of unknown. And I edit Cineworld's press junkets now, so go watch stuff on Cineworld's YouTube channel. I am at the Tex Williams on Twitter and Facebook and rarely Instagram. Um, I have recently recorded, as I said last week, Soul Survivor 2 for Pro Wrestling All-Stars has been done. I had some technical issues this week so i couldn't record 10th anniversary show but i'm hoping to get back in the booth it was so much fun being able to do that and an amazing triple threat match between isla dawn killer kelly and audrey bride on that show on soul survivor 2 fantastic match so make sure you check that out powered for tv when it is released sounds awesome where was that again i spoke over you that was on powered for tv banging sweet I hope next week's rule is more tolerable. Can it get any worse, Joey? If it was significantly worse, that would make for really good podcasting. I'm going to need to get more snacks for next week's show. (laughs) Do you find yourself comfort eating as you're watching these shows? Uh, Big time. (laughs) (laughs) Something to do, isn't it? I'm not going to lie to you. I finished watching this episode today. And before going down to watch it, I've got to watch this on my lunch break. I'm going to order a Domino's because I need it. <laughs> so, I had McDonald's. 
I haven't had a McDonald's in years. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Go find all your shit over there. Go buy a t-shirt or something. And follow us on Twitter at worldofwrestlingpod. <sighs> Wish us luck, people. Into the abyss. One more roar that we got chamber. Bye-bye. The wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You gotta penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get it, 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 get it,